0: Brent Martineau.
1: You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30. Action Sports Jacks.
0: Austin Lane.
1: He's a former Jag star and current MMA
0: fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio.
2: This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com.
1: Hey, happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to the World Golf Village in St. Augustine. We are at the Renaissance Hotel, which obviously couples as a convention center as well. King and the Bear, Slammer and Squire, a little golf to be played this week at the Rom Celebrity Golf Tournament. We will be joined by actors and actor Kevin Romm, who helps put this thing on. It is his tournament. And we will also be joined by some songwriters and musicians, potentially Mike Mills of R.E.M., you might have heard of them, I have too, and hopefully some sports celebrities as well. So, celebrity golf tournament down here in uh, St. Augustine, and we're looking forward to it. Should be a lot of fun uh, here from three until six o'clock. Brent Martineau down here, Austin Lane on a plane to Wisconsin, got a little bachelor party and some things to take care of, including getting measured for a tux. That must be fun if you're uh, six foot. 6 and 245 pounds and back in the studio Marcel Robinson because he was out at OTAs today and uh, OTAs wrapping up uh, for the week second week of OTAs and uh, let's say hello to Marcel what did we get out at OTAs other than some more sweaty hot weather uh, uh Marcel uh,
3: you know actually today wasn't that bad it was uh, we had a nice cool breeze we even got a little bit of a drizzle towards the end of practice it was kind of lighthearted. drizzle
1: yeah we got a little it rained
3: little, in Jacksonville uh, just a little bit just a little taste. Um, Just not to wet the whistle, as some may say, but it was uh, was pretty good.
1: That's awesome. Uh, Obviously the big story, and we'll hear from Nick Foles coming up throughout the show. Very emotional, Nick Foles. You were there for it. Uh, You guys were out there. Uh, You also have an interview with Jared Wilson we'll play later in the program. Uh, So a lot of Jags talk. uh, But the emotion in Nick Foles, the idea that he's back and stepped to a podium today uh, with obviously a, a heavy heart and everything that hit the family this week, you can tell it's kind of gripped uh, Jags Nation a bit. I think it's gripped everybody out there. That was a part of it in the media. And I think it's gripped probably the Jaguars uh, locker room uh, to a degree uh, that that Nick Foles and his family had to go through this, but also that he's back out there uh, a couple of days later after missing just uh, one OTA. He was back out on the field Thursday, and then today, of course, stepped in front of the microphone.
3: Yeah, honestly, I, would, uh, I was shocked when we saw him walking in um, yesterday, and he, even today's Step into the microphone this early. Um, I was one of those guys that thought we may not see him until you know mandatory minicamp. F that, just because of the nature of the situation, and, it, and it, that seemed to kind of be the the overwhelming thing with some of the other guys that I talked to. They said that they were just surprised and shocked that he was back, but he was kind of um, which we'll hear later on. He talked about when he approached the microphone, but it was kind of one of those things where everyone was just being there for him and supportive, and, and he said this was kind of where he needed to be.
1: Yeah, sometimes those uh, things actually bring uh, everybody together a little bit more. I, I, I think uh, everyone on social media, everyone in the football world, and rightfully so, has been very compassionate toward the Foles family. I think I said yes. Sir. I was a little surprised even uh, that it, that they made it public, uh, something so personal. But it, it can help with some of the healing and what they've heard. Uh, and, and since then, I think Nick Foles talked about that. So, it, you know, it, it's only been what? 60, 70, 80 days that Nick Foles has been part of the Jacksonville Jaguars, but don't you get the sense, Marcel, and we've been around this thing for a couple of weeks now, don't you get the sense that it feels like Nick Foles has been here for a lot longer than that?
3: Yeah, uh, 100%. I was actually, it's funny because I was talking to uh, Brian Dawkins about it yesterday, and, and it seemed that you know, it, it just feels like he's just a, a seamless transition. He's so ingrained in the community already. He's already done some events, of course. We we haven't necessarily seen him out and about just because he's kind of getting settled. But from a, from an aspect of you know he's well acclimated with the team. You know, the the city is aware of his presence. It seems like he's just kind of really just been. I don't want to. I don't want to say it's easy, but it seems that it's just been sort of seamless for him just to kind of just slide right into it. He just he's our guy. And yeah, I
1: think so. Yeah, and that's really been my narrative through the last couple of weeks and, and the first couple of weeks of OTAs and seeing him on the field and talking to players, and it was the Calais Campbell event, and then it was the Tom Coughlin J-Fund, and you talk to some people and players around the organization, first impressions of Nick Foles, and I, I continue to say this, but it feels like it's his team. And that's the first time we've said that about a quarterback, that it's that position's team in quite some time. You can debate whether it was David Garrard. I still think that was Fred Taylor's and then Maurice Jones-Drew's team, and, and you could probably name a few others. Uh, I, I don't even know going back to the Brunel days uh, because I wasn't here. I, I'm sure it kind of felt like it was his team, but you also had a lot of stars. I mean, you had the first pick ever with Tony Buscelli, uh who was obviously a big stature in that locker room. You had Keenan Mark- McCardell, and you had uh, eventually Fred Taylor, and you had Jimmy Smith, and so you had all these guys. So uh, I would assume that was the case back then. but uh, So let's just say for the first time in 15, 16 years, it feels like the, it's the quarterback's team here in Jacksonville. And that, that continues to ring through with what guys say about Nick Foles, how Nick Foles holds himself, what he's done to this point. And I'm not even talking about throwing spirals or hitting a guy across the middle. I mean, I'm not even talking about that stuff. And so I think he's done such a fantastic job to get himself acclimated to this football team, this locker room, this city, this franchise. And you can really feel that uh, if you're around the team. I'm not saying the fans will feel that just yet. I think they might in August and when they see uh, him on Sundays on the football field. But I think we can feel it because we've been around this football team. Uh, to this point at least a little bit. So I think that's admirable, uh, Nick Foles. And by the way, Sal Palantonio, when we had him on, I think it was uh, right before the Players' Championship when Nick Foles was added to this roster, he said all these things. He said Nick Foles will acclimate himself to the community very quickly, and you will feel it. You will feel Nick Foles. And I'll tell you what, Marcel, I think Sal Pal was right on the money about that. I didn't know exactly what he meant. I thought he might have just been saying that. But I think he was right on the money.
3: Yeah, one hundred percent. And I think one of the most telling uh, kind of characteristics that we've heard about him is that you know we've been told that he's turned down you know some of the the bigger notoriety type interviews, some of the larger yeah. national interviews, and because he really truly just doesn't want the spotlight. And I think this is truly a case of you getting out what you put in. And it clearly seems that he's not just here for the paycheck. He's not just here, you know, for the football. He's really here to, you know, sh- you know, be the same guy on and off the field. And I think just that genuine nature that he has, it's it's infectious and I and I think that's one thing that everyone here in Jacksonville, it's like what we appreciate with Blake so much that it just felt like he was, you know, one of one of us, one of the the Jacksonville guys and it seems like that's the same way with Nick Foles. He's not here coming in with you know, he's got the big contract, but he's not being bigger than, you know, any anyone else on the team. You know, he's got the money, he's got the notoriety, but he's really just wants to come and say, Look, I'm the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars and I'm also Nick Foles the guy, which is something that he may value more than being a great quarterback.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point too, Marcel, because you know, it did feel that way with Blake, but it felt different in a way. Like you want him to be part of the community. Blake felt like one of us, one of the guys, one of the guys you tailgate with, right? Right. right. I'm not sure and by the way, that says no indication of beach bar Blake. I'm not getting there with him. I'm just saying he felt like one of the dudes. Sure, sure. Um I'm not sure Nick Foles feels like that. I'm not sure Nick Foles feels like the guy that you're going to tailgate with, but it feels like he's been a part of this community for a long time. Mm-hmm. And there's that next that four or five-year extras that he has over Blake Bortles and this maturity about being around the block and the failures and the successes that this franchise, I think, needed at that position. So I get what you're saying. Oh, at the same time, well, while, it's, while it's comparable to almost how Blake was very much Jacksonville, I feel like Nick Foles is very much Jacksonville, but in a different kind of way.
3: Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, that I mean, I, I don't think I can put that in, in, in any other. I mean, even just the fact that, I mean, how many guys would, after what he's been through within the past, you know, um, week or so, would come out in such a short amount of time and still, you know, kind of be not sort of transparent and even approach the microphone? Like, how many guys would, you know, just say, hey, look, I'm not going to, you know, be here. I'm not going to come back and everything like that. Whereas he's he is really one of those genuine type of guys where he's wants to come out and tell his experiences and hope that it helps somebody, um, which I think is just tremendous, and uh, I, I, I can't speak any highly more highly of it.
1: Yeah, and Marcel, uh, we're going to go to a break here quick because we got Kevin Rahm coming up uh, down here at the Rahm Celebrity Golf Tournament down at the, in St. Augustine at the World Golf Village. But just to f- one more p- point on that. It also... <laughs> And and again, these are voluntary, right. but it also does make you scratch your head sometimes when the other guys aren't here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everybody's got their reasons, and everybody has why they're not here or why they might be here. But uh, and and I don't think you hold it against them too much. Right. But it does make you wonder a little bit. Hey, this guy it, it made it here, and, and he only missed one workout, and bam, he's back at it. I also think uh, you really have to give a lot of credit to uh, Tory Foles, Nick Foles' wife, and, right. and sure. how she's dealt with. Uh, this ordeal of course uh, so thoughts and prayers continued uh, with the Foles family well have more Nick Foles talk coming up we'll hear from Nick Foles who talked today and he was emotional at the podium that is on the way coming up soon we'll be back with Marcel later in the program Marcel catches up with Jared Wilson who's going to play that free safety spot for Deshaun Gibson can he play in a big time way for the Jaguars in that very talented secondary. Marcel Robinson catches up with Jared Wilson. And Marcel also talked about Brian Dawkins. The Hall of Famer calls in the show at 345 this afternoon. A lot more to come from the ROM Celebrity Golf Tournament, including the host himself on the show. Next, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 69 Right. Yeah. Right. You no,
2: know, that was fun, actually. Okay. Watching that little creep of a prosecutor go all pale as I crushed his crummy case in my mighty fist of truth. God, I miss court. You can see it. I want to tell you something. <laughs>
1: Madam Secretary, do you watch it? Hopefully you do. And if you're watching our video feeds right now, and not just on ESPN 690 or ESPN690.com, check out the video feeds on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and Twitch. We're on everything. Nine is, different platforms. What is Twitch? Twitch is I'm really old. more like a gaming Okay, okay, all right. Um, We're just everywhere. Yeah. You never know. (laughs) And that's The Voice, and uh, that was the clip from Madam Secretary and one of the stars of the show, Kevin Rahm. It is the Rahm Celebrity Golf Tournament. The reason why we are down here at uh, the Renaissance Hotel, World Golf Village, beautiful facility, as we all know, here in Jacksonville. Uh, King and the Bear, Slammer and Squire. There will be a lot of golf played this weekend. But even before that, which I think makes this event really cool, is – Singers and songwriters and actors. You guys had an event last night. You have another event tonight. Uh, tell us all about it. But before I do that, I should at least say hello. How you doing?
2: I'm good. How are you doing? It's good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here and helping us support uh, the mission of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Uh, last night we had the songwriter night. So we had four songwriters from Nashville, Cal- Nashville, California, Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> it's become the little California, I think. Yes, it has. Um, but they came out, and it's all people who have written number one hits. They come out on stage with the guitars and they tell you the story of writing the song and then they play the version of the song and it's it's an amazing experience. If you've never done it, please come back next year and join us for that for that event. Tonight we have the jam session and the jam session is a, is an amazing night. You have six wire. I don't know if you watched I don't yes. know if anybody I that listens to you listen watch the NFL draft, but that was the band, that was the house band that just killed it. And I was actually talking to Andy Childs and what they had to do. There's like in their in their ear, they're hearing okay, next guy coming up. They learned. The touchdown song for every football team, wow. and then what other other song that. that was popular in their town? Because if the guy, if someone got drafted to that team, you know, two different people got drafted to that team in the first whatever thirty or fifty. They, the work they put into it, what they did was amazing. But they're the house band tonight. We got uh, Robin Mead, Wally Palmer, David Cook, John Alfente, Sister Hazel, Jada Marcus, Chris Daughtry. Steve Augury, Mike Mills, Jason Sheff, and Steve Cropper are all playing tonight Mike with the Wire. Mike Mills going to
1: join us a little bit from R.E.M., uh, and, and you just have to put in a little good word for me, okay? Okay. Robin Mead yes. from CNN. Yes. I've never met her. Okay. But we went to the same school together. All right. So we went to Ashland University.
2: And were you... Uh
1: and uh, not together in the same class at the same time but and uh, that means because she went there I can never be the biggest star to come from there either i
2: see but yeah
1: you have to put in a good word okay uh, if possible yeah. but that's a great lineup it's a great lineup uh, and, and let's let's talk about all the different things about this because who came up with the idea for the songwriters Is, do they love this I think because they, they don't get a lot of credit no, and they that's, they what, I, that's what
2: you don't get to hear from those people often, right? And so you don't get to hear the story of what happened in the room. And these guys are professionals. They go to work, and they write songs. That's what they do. And there's boring days, and there's exciting days, and they go to try to write the, whoever's number one at the time. They're trying to write the song for that person because so, they get paid if it gets on the air and gets sold. Um, but hearing the stories of what happens behind the scenes, and the, the crowd went nuts last night. That's cool. This idea started, uh, Patrick Warburton does a similar event to this in Palm Springs. They just did their ninth year. And they've raised over ten million dollars for ch- for St Jude uh, in, the, in their time. And Clark Rainey, who runs that golf tournament, called me up about eight or nine months ago and said, "Hey, we want to do an East Coast version of this. We want you to be the name." I said, "Well, obviously you've gone through your rolodex, you've gotten to the R, <laughs> so I guess I need to say yes." Um, and so here we are. It's it, it's, it's amazing. Like this, like we've you know for the last eight months we've been in emails, and I've been down here three or four times to do press and uh, for board meetings, and all of a sudden people start coming in, and there's 50 backpacks up there with the ROM logo on it, and it's ha- it's happening. It's There's happening. no turning back now. No,
1: now you guys look like you're ready, you're doing a great job. You have a lot of good support. Uh, really good as support well. staff. Yeah, uh, and so we'll talk two da- two days of golf now. Yes, it's 100 degrees out there. It's hot are You out guys there. ready for this?
2: I played two days in a row. I play. I came out on Monday and played Tuesday, Wednesday at both courses. By the way, both courses are in great, great shape. Job, very good. They play really well. It's hot out there. Yeah, and there's going to be a lot of beer on the golf course, so <laughs> yeah. that's why I'm, I'm, I'm telling everyone to stay hydrated, take your uh, hydration drops and all that stuff. And yeah, I'll be I'll be on one hole one day taking photos, and the next day I get to play that hole par three with everyone. So. There's
1: a uh, this is a perfect place for it because Isn't you have the hotels right here, you got the restaurant, the caddy shack. They obviously do the caddy shack event, and if they can house Bill Murray, yeah, and if that they can handle group. that
2: crowd, they're going to be able to <laughs> handle us. And the best part about this is you know you know we have the open bar out there for this for the concert, and then you're stumbling distance from your hotel room, Absolutely. perfect. Just the safe. Elevator. Everyone gets home safe.
1: <laughs> uh, give us a, a bit about St. Jude from your perspective. I think my mom would be really happy with this segment here because she was always a believer. I always heard my mom talking about St. Jude. We grew up in, in New England in Rhode Island, so yeah. it's not like it was next door to right. us. But it was a big deal to her, and, and I think it is still to this day. She would put money in our name for. Right. For, for uh, our birthdays. Uh, so I always think of my mom when I think of St. Jude, and there was no connection, right. just how much it touches your heart sometimes, and, and it should to everybody. Give us a little bit about what it means to you.
2: Well, for, the first thing you should know is that every dollar of this event goes straight to St. Jude. We don't even take the money. The money goes right to them. So when you buy a ticket, the money go, they, they collect the money. When you buy a chance to win something or you do a live auction item, the money goes straight to them. We don't make a dime. Awesome. Um, but for me personally, uh you know you know the story of Danny Thomas and how he prayed to St. Jude and yes. he got the job and he promised he was going to do something for St. Jude and he built that hospital. Mm-hmm. And in Memphis in the 50s and 60s. And it's amazing, right? But Great success story. Uh, amazing success story. So for me, I got to L.A. Um, and in December of 99, I quit my waiting tables job because I had booked this TV show pilot called Everything's Relative. And it was a Wit Thomas production. So Tony Thomas... Gave me my first big job on television. How about that? And so I felt like the least I could do is give back.
1: That's a great circle. Yeah. How long ago was that?
2: I it was an I we we shot the pilot in January of two thousand. Wow. How about that? That is pretty cool. And I I I haven't had a waiting tables job since. so It's been been good. (laughs) Instead, you have. I I haven't had to have a waiting tables (laughs) job since. Let me put it that way.
1: Well, I say, Madam Secretary, how is that going?
2: So Madam Secretary got picked up for ten more episodes as the final season. Um we are currently in discussions because I've been a guest on that show for the last 5 years as Mike B. Um and because Lethal Weapon is no longer coming back yeah. uh we are in talks right now it's not official but it looks pretty good that I'll I'll be with them for those 10 episodes.
1: Very good. I just had a buddy uh text me by the way and he said uh Ted from Mad Men.
2: Yeah. Great guest. Yeah. No mustache. I can't believe you recognize me without the mustache. How I'm not wearing brown
1: When you do so many different projects, and
2: obviously Mad Men, a very
1: popular one, Madam Secretary as well, I I think, and those are most recent. So they're probably registered with people. But if you look at your resume, which I did over the last couple of days, I mean, there's shows that you might have seen you in 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 a lot of different ways. Do people come up with it
2: and say kind of randomly? Oh, completely randomly. Or from... from, Mm -hmm whatever show right
1: the best it doesn't was, it shock you
2: yeah, it does well and the newest thing is young is young people like like young by like 12 to 17 and I'm like what and they they I see them looking and I'm like what is it and it's friends I did one episode of friends but yeah. they're binging it right they're watching it on Netflix <laughs> over and they watch the same episode three or four or five times in a short period of time and that's the one and the one that always surprises me is uh scrubs I did one episode of scrubs yeah. a long time ago and I'll, I'll get that a little bit and um but then my favorite is I was in my hometown of Shreveport I was on a show called Judging Amy I'm in my hometown of Shreveport, Louisiana and I'm getting on the airplane it was, it was at my first long term job um, and I was feeling pretty cocky about it and the girl behind the counter said hey I, I know you and I said well I'm an actor like cocky <laughs> and uh, just, just always a bad start and she said uh, she goes well what have you been on I said well you yeah, know, I'm on Judging Amy obviously and she goes no what else and I was like well, well I was on a show called Jesse with Christine Applegate no what else I, I did one episode of it, and I went through everything I had ever done, and finally she went, "Wait a minute, did you go to R.V. Kerr Elementary School?" <laughs> I was like, "Yes, I did." She was, "You sat behind me in geometry."
1: <laughs> Great story that you didn't expect.
2: I did not expect that's that. An so awesome now story. now when they say they think they know me, I'm like, "Did you go to R.V. Kerr?" <laughs> that's the first. <laughs> that one might be on. it. That might be it. Let's start. Let's start there.
1: Uh, what's so? What's next for you? Uh, uh, so what, w- how does this work? in terms of you kind of looking at the future. You're 48 years old, still very young.
2: Wow. Um, so, you know, my goal is to work as long as they'll keep hiring me. Um, and my wife has horses, so I have to work. <laughs> um, uh, so, the, I mean, obviously, I, I think we're going to work it out that I'll get to do these last episodes of Madam Secretary. That'll probably finish shooting in December, and then i got to go find another job. Wow. Yeah.
1: Do uh, you still have the
2: itch to do that? Or Absolutely. have you done enough? I, I tell young kids trying to get into the business, if you don't love that part of it, if you don't love... Getting a script, breaking it down, and walking to the room, and with the possibility of failing, then you sh- this is you shouldn't be doing this because ninety percent of the job is is saying being told no. No, yeah. So I mean, fair. I had a meeting last week for a pilot for Netflix, and the 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 information was he did a great job. It's not going forward. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> well,
4: that's right. You, almost, need, you
1: don't you don't take it personally.
2: You can't. You, just you can't take on. it. Per- and I, I think of it like a soup. Like if I'm making a soup. I, and I need another spice to add in it, I, I may want paprika, or I may want pepper, or I may want cayenne, you know. And so I, I think of it in the terms of this is the spice I'm going to bring to the meal you're making, and if that works, that's great. And if not, I'm going to do my best at expressing that version of what this is, and if it doesn't work, well, hopefully it will work next time.
1: How is your industry? Is it harder than ever, or was it harder when you were getting in? Uh,
2: that's a good question. It's hard to, it's hard to judge that, but I, I think it, there's more out there's more content now. Yeah. So there good were point. there were when I started there were really four stations and maybe like one or two cable things, but there's so much more out there. It's it what doesn't is not gonna happen anymore, I don't think, is the Big Bang Theory. Where you're gonna you're gonna have someone or the Friends show where there's gonna be a cast that makes a million dollars an episode. I think those times are almost gone. Hmm. So which is good and bad. Uh, you don't get stuck on one thing, you don't get labeled as one thing. But uh, it just means you have to keep working. And I I like to work. So the work for me is once you get the job. Getting the job is the the work. And once you get the job, it's fun.
1: I'll ask you a bad reporter question that you probably get all the time. But uh, do you have a favorite over the years, uh, like, role? Uh, Is it Ted?
2: Uh, uh, My favorite role... Was Estragon from Waiting for Godot, which was a play I did in college. That's the favorite role I've ever played, and I would love to. It is a thing, I, something I would hope to. Re, I hope to revisit because we played them really young, and I think you can. Like Patrick Stewart did it on Broadway, you know, so it's something you can play older. So that's the one I want to revisit. As far as like experiences, like, there goes Mike Mills. There hey Mike,
5: is, he's
1: coming on at four. <laughs> he's coming I hope on he at comes four. Back down that elevator. Um,
2: <laughs> uh, Mad Men was a special experience, right? Um, top to bottom. Everyone involved, everyone brought their A-game, Just the writing was impeccable, art direction. I mean, there was a scene where uh, my secretary hands me uh, a plane ticket to L.A., and I literally take it and put it in my pocket, and I forgot about it, and I looked at it later, and if you o- and I never opened it. If you opened it up, it was a carbon copy from the 60s. It looked like, you know, yeah. I guarantee if you look up the date and time of the flights that day, that was the flight number. Every I mean, that detail. was the detail from top to bottom and it's also just it's there's something cool about being on a show that's in the zeitgeist you know yeah. um that's just special you don't get that very often i've done a lot of shows that no one even knows about or even obviously didn't watch so they didn't say on the air yeah. um and as long as you do the, the same work at both you know and it's kind of cool when you get on the one that everyone kind of enjoys
1: that's really cool uh we're on a sports show here in jackson Absolutely. and we go beyond by the way from all the way here to california uh, all over the world because of the video platforms as long as my camera doesn't fall asleep uh are you a sports fan? Huge. Huge
2: sports fan. Give us a, give us your teams. Uh, New Orleans Saints. That's fine. Sorry, Jacksonville. That's fine. Um, love the New Orleans you're, Saints. You're I'm from Shreveport, Louisiana, band. and I grew up during the time of the Aints. And everyone Bags was over a Dallas Cowboy fan. And it, it made me angry because we lived in Louisiana. We should be rooting for the Saints. I don't care how bad they are. And so I, at the time started rooting for the Pittsburgh Steelers out of spite because they were the only team that could beat the Cowboys. <laughs> it's kind of like, I feel like I have to root for Auburn now because yeah, <laughs> yeah. they beat Alabama, yeah, yeah, right? But yeah. I'm, a, I'm an LSU football fan. Uh, my wife and I both watch that every year. And Susan Rainey, actually, Clark's wife, she's an Alabama fan, and we were at her house for the national championship game, and it was not pretty.
1: So you are a big sports fan. Big though.
2: sports fan, yeah. That's yeah.
1: cool. Uh, my first job,
2: Alexandria, Louisiana. Oh, you wow. know where it is. Oh, yeah, I know exactly. I, I used to go there every Memorial Day. Uh why? I, my, my my father's buried in the national cemetery right there, ah, and, 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 and yes. right, in yes. right in Pineville. Yes. Pineville. But Pineville. It's You're half right. halfway to uh, halfway to New Orleans back in the day, before I-49. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: In the middle of nowhere for in me. In the <laughs> middle of nowhere. <laughs> uh, well, you picked a good team. The Saints. So a lot Saints. of good fans around here. Drew Brees is
2: should have won. Few better. Right. Should have won. I know. You should have won. That was that. I still that. That non-call, it hurts me still. It, it hurts me still. Yeah, it'll
1: hurt that city for
2: a long yeah. time, no doubt about it.
1: Hey, the ROM Celebrity Golf Tournament, uh, good luck with it. Yeah, if anyone, job. if
2: anyone's around, uh, if you're not signed up for the golf tournament and you want to come to the jam events, it's $100 a ticket. All the money goes to St. Jude. It's the best cause, so come support. And you can go online. on my, If you go to uh, Kevin ROM, at uh, Kevin ROM on Twitter. There is an online auction, and you can auction, you can uh, bid at home online for the auction items for the silent auction.
1: Very cool. And the the jam session is at 7:30. We're right here at the Renaissance, so it's Right right. here, folks, yep. come on out. Uh, if you're in Jacksonville, that would be a very cool night. It's a great event. Thank Ron. you so much for your awesome.
2: help. I appreciate it. Have
1: a great uh, weekend, and we hopefully will see you annually, uh, every year. Great event, uh, and uh, remember everything towards St. Jude Research Hospital, which is a fantastic cause. Hey, we'll take a timeout. We come back. Uh, Austin Lane joins us from some airport, like maybe in Wisconsin, <laughs> Alexandria, uh, and Brian, <laughs> probably not that one. Uh, he's on the tarmac if he's on that one. Uh, and uh, Brian Dawkins, the NFL Hall of Famer joins us in a bit as well. All on the way on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.
6: Ultimately, you know, is my, my wife, uh, you know, talking to her and, you know, she knows I'm going to get home. You know, she knows how important family is to me. And but she also wanted me to be here to be with the team. Um, and then obviously right after this, I go shower up, grab some water because, you know, it's starting to get humid and run home and I'm with my family. That is Nick Foles talking this afternoon
1: after practice, after he's back at OTAs later this week, missing on Tuesday, of course, uh, and everybody continues their thoughts uh, with the Foles family after what they endured uh, uh, earlier in the week and really last weekend. Uh, but back to football for Nick Foles uh, with the blessing of his wife, Tori. Brent Martineau here uh, down in St. Augustine, World Golf Village. We're at the Renaissance Hotel, King of the Bear, Slammer Squire. We just had Kevin Rahm on. So, as always is the case, if you just jumped in and you missed us a little bit, you can check it out on the video feeds. Now, my camera might have oh, went to sleep a couple of times, but I, I uh, had to wake it up. What's going on with that, Kuz? I mean, the camera hasn't gone to sleep in like four months And now all of a sudden today it's going to sleep a little bit. That's like like my
7: favorite thing with technology where it stops doing something and you're like, oh, we fixed it. And then it comes out of nowhere.
1: I remember remember when that happened early on in the show, like uh, the first couple of weeks. And we're like, what is going on? Then all of a sudden it just stopped. So uh, I was looking at a new camera yesterday, so maybe I'll have to go (laughs) out and buy that thing just because this thing's falling asleep. (laughs) Operator error, I'm sure. Uh, But anyway, as always with the show, you can go back on our video platforms uh, on Facebook uh, ESPN 690 on Twitch, ESPN 690 Jacks on YouTube, Action Sports Jacks channel, and always on Twitter, and I'll, I'll retweet it later on down the road uh, today and tomorrow and throughout the weekend, and, of course, on our podcast, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. But if you miss any of the interviews, uh, Rob Riggle's coming up a little bit later. Uh, we should have some more guests, including Mike Mills from REM, I think at 4 o'clock. Brian Dawkins scheduled to join us in just a moment. But right now we have, well, the co-host, who apparently doesn't work on Fridays. He just calls in. And his name is Austin Lane. I think he's in the airport, and he flies out in about 15 minutes. So, uh, airport voice, please, Austin Lane.
5: Yeah, what up? I don't have an airport voice. I'm just going to shout like I always do. It's all good. People can stare <laughs> all they want. But uh no, I mean, Are you yeah, hydrated? I, I'm very hydrated. Um, obviously, I'm not working Fridays because the, I, I consider this since we're not in the season yet. This is kind of like the OTAs of radio now, too. So, um I consider it voluntary, and I just, you know what? It was a Friday, and it was pretty warm, so I figured I'd hop on a plane and go to
1: Wisconsin. Not really. Uh, this has to no, do no, with no. the 40 in Wisconsin, which is the old stomping grounds, and this has to do with beer, and this has to do yes. with bachelor well, party. No. That's what this friend, has to do with. Nobody said anything about
5: beer. That's that's <laughs> that's you putting words in my mouth. I didn't say anything about beer. Now, there there might be a couple basic beverages getting served, maybe a couple cocktails, if you will, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's more to it than that, too. I mean, it's good to get opportunity to just swing by my house I grew up in and uh, say hi to my mom, give her a big hug. So, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a nice little vacation quick. Yeah, that'll be
1: good to see mom and, and everybody else and uh, the friends. That's a, that's a nice deal because you didn't really have anything planned to go up uh, this summer. You're just going back home and uh, maybe in December? Yeah, yeah,
5: exactly. Usually um, with the family, we don't get up to Wisconsin maybe like twice a year. Um, usually that's on the holidays, like for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh, we didn't really have any plans to go back to Wisconsin, but the bachelor party just happened to, you know, to come about, and I'm, I'm going to be in the wedding, so I figured I'd, uh, I would go to so, support my friend because he he supported me, on I have a bachelor party in Vegas, so it's the least I can do.
1: Uh good stuff. Uh, hey, let's talk a little uh, sports and and then get you on a flight. And what I want to yeah. do is talk. Uh, I, we didn't get to this sh- the last couple of days. Apologies for doing so. But you were at the All Elite Wrestling uh, last weekend, and yeah. We talked a lot about that on Tuesday. But we didn't really talk much about is Tony Khan. And you were able to catch mm-hmm. up with Tony Khan. Of course, uh, heavy in the Jaguars organization. His dad owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Fulham as well with the soccer. And he's, uh, he's an analytics guru. Helped bring that to uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And now he begins this wrestling endeavor. And this is his sure. baby. I think Cody Rhodes is very involved with it because of the expertise and obviously the name and the family uh, that knows wrestling, and the Rhodes family. But this is Tony Khan, and it was a home run by all accounts. I had somebody else text me last night again. He's like, hey, you got to pay attention to this AEW stuff. They That was a big deal last weekend. I was like... No kidding, we have been. Austin's all over but, <laughs> yeah. uh But anyway, for Tony Khan, I mean, what, what a debut. I mean, what an awesome debut for Tony Khan. And, and, and you have to wonder how these things are going to go. Before I get your thoughts on him and where this thing is going and what it might mean for him, let's listen yeah. in uh, with some of your conversation with Tony Khan from last weekend in Vegas.
8: Uh, like I said going in, like I told uh, a couple of interviewers, I, I've seen pretty much every wrestling pay-per-view ever. I had very high expectations. That this would be amongst the best, and I feel like we have delivered. I think it's one of the best wrestling pay per views anybody's done, that anybody's going to see. I'm really proud of it. We weren't trying to compete with anyone or be, you know, better. We're just trying to do the best show which anybody's doing, and I think we did the best pay-per-view anybody's done all year. I think commercially, we've uh, done we've uh, done very well. I don't. Uh, we had uh, good expectations to do, uh, uh, you know, the best numbers anybody's done since. WCW uh, had gone. Nobody had, done, other than WWE, had done numbers like this, and I think uh, we're in position to do the best numbers anybody's done in the business since then, and hopefully be, uh, you know, really strong uh, national, international wrestling from top to bottom. And I feel like today. I was able to go in and sit with the guys, and you know everyone had great opinions on what was going to make this a great show, and that's what makes this such a great collaborative process with like the, the group we have for like booking, because like uh, we communicate like really well, and uh, I think I you know offer a little bit different perspective, not just as a fan but as a businessman too, and like uh, it's a little bit different from what the guys' experience is, and like it's great synergy, and I feel like as a group, uh, not just uh, the top executives, but all you know the whole roster and everybody together, like really the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Uh, there's like real energy of us all working together we all bring something different
1: so there's tony khan over the weekend and you were there for it austin uh your thoughts yeah. on what he has created what he's done and where this thing is going uh with tony khan right behind it and engineering the whole thing
5: okay uh, i'll have to make it quick because I'm, I'm actually on the plane now for a certain location. <laughs> but, um, so, so hey, why do you tony board Kondo? so early I, tell him to hold that thing up i know I, I was literally the last person to walk through, so I had to go on. But, uh you know, with, with Tony Khan, um, I think the fact that he started out as a wrestling fan so young um, helps him out. Because, granted, like, if you look at Vince McMahon, like, yeah, Vince McMahon was a fan, but I think he was more born in the family. I mean, Tony Khan kind of took this upon himself. And he had the luxury of his dad taking him to, you know, wrestling events um, way, way back when he was young. So... I think that he has the fan aspect of it, and then he's also hired a lot of people that know the business, like Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks. Those guys um, are very versed in the sport of wrestling, not only in the ring, but also the business aspect of it. So anytime you combine those two things, um, I think you're going to have a great product.
1: Let me ask you one more question. I know you got to go. Uh, it, yes. I think the, the common question, we associate WWE with Vince McMahon. Do you think... Yeah. Will associate AEW with Tony Khan, or will he kind of stay on the outskirts and hand that off to a guy
5: like Tony so, Rhodes? So this is a question I actually asked him during the press conference, and I asked him, you know, like usually in wrestling, the, the ownership, you know, whether it's TNA Impact, whether it's WWE, they, they always get involved in the storylines, and they always try to be the face. And uh, Tony said he's not going to do that. He he to be the man behind the curtain. Um, so I don't think you're going to be hearing a lot of Tony. I think it's still going to be his business, obviously. But um, as far as, like, you know, his face out there, I, I don't see it happening that much.
1: All right, man. Hey, go get some pretzels. Uh, get some water, not Diet Coke or Coke, and uh, enjoy your <laughs> flight. Have a safe flight to Wisconsin.
5: All right, man. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you later.
1: All right. Have fun. Austin Lane uh, checking in from the airport <laughs> as he uh, heads to a bachelor party in a tux measurement and to the 40, as he calls it, in Iola, Scandinavia, Wisconsin. Meanwhile, we are down in uh, St Augustine. And one thought on Tony Khan by the way. I just put out on social media. I said, is this a legacy beginner if that even makes sense for Tony Khan? And I think it absolutely is. I think he'll play a role in the Jags, play a role in Fulham that he, he actually he has a heavy role in Fulham right now. And some people have criticized that role, uh, at least from what I've seen on the outskirts, and they haven't had a ton of success, and you're going to face criticism when that occurs. But this is a different animal. And what he's doing now could be a game changer in the sport of wrestling. And there's a lot of people involved. And I don't think Tony would want to take just the sole credit. But he is the man behind it uh, right now. And he sounds like he's doing a fantastic job. Of course, they'll be in Jacksonville uh, coming up in July. They'll be in Daytona a couple weeks prior to that at the end of June. We talk wrestling probably more than any sports show in the country. But, hey, this thing's right in our own backyard, and it's doing really well. And I know a lot of people love uh, wrestling AEW off to a fantastic start Start over the weekend in Las Vegas. When we come back, we talk to an NFL Hall of Famer, Brian Dawkins, on the way on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.
7: Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. What's up? It's Justin Brent getting back to his seat. We're just buying <laughs> some time here. There you are. <laughs> Thanks, man.
1: Appreciate it. Hey, I was talking to Kevin Romm. I mean, we're not. Walk- we're talking a little acting, okay? <laughs> uh, welcome back, everybody, to Action Sports Jackson ESPN six ninety. Justin Kuzert back there, of course. Austin Lane on a plane, uh, flying home to Wisconsin, and I'm down here at uh, St. Augustine for the Rom Celebrity Golf Tournament right now. And right now, we are glad to be joined by the Hall of Famer, Jacksonville native. And pride of Reigns High School, Clemson, Philadelphia Eagles, Denver Broncos. This guy's awesome. Brian Dawkins joins us on the phone right now. Uh, Hey, B-Dawg, how you doing, man? I'm absolutely blessed 100% of the time. Uh, you talked to uh, Marcel Robinson, our guy, on the TV side yesterday uh, from CBS 47 and Fox 30. I know you've got a great event coming up, so let's get right to that. Uh, it's, it's all about being a better man. I like the way you phrased that. How did you come up with the idea of this and how important is it right now in society, being a better man, being a better dad, uh, being a better husband, all those things?
9: Well, th- this has been something that the Lord has put on my heart. For many a year now, probably going back to six, six to seven years, that I have been muddling over over this, and it just so happens to be now that this thing has come to to fruition. The first one I started was in New Jersey. I did one, the Better Man's Conference in New Jersey. This is part two of it, and you know the premise is it. The premise of it is, is simply this: is that we as men have to do a better job of understanding what we are supposed to be doing in society. I believe that society is where it is, is because not enough men are rising to the occasions and standing in front of their, uh, with their families um, and alongside of their families to be the foundation of the family, to bless people, to bless their wives, to bless their children, to bless other people. And so this event is to not just for men, but also for young adults to have a better understanding of what a man is because, like, I don't know about you, but there's a whole bunch of different um, scenarios or different ways that people have told you a man should be. I know mm-hmm. growing up where I'm from, you know, you're supposed to be tough. You know, never show any emotions and suck it up, you know, rub dirt on it. You know, you don't talk about your feelings. Feelings are softness leaving your body. No, 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 it's not. And so to have a better understanding of the balance that it takes to be the man that you need to be to, to lead your family, to, 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 to be a better um, man for society. All those things and things that not everybody knows. And it just so happens that I've gone through some things in my life. Nick Foles has gone through some things in his life. Donovan Darius has gone things in their life. And so we're going to come in and we're going to present those things to you. We're going to be very transparent on some of the things that we've gone through to help those individuals who want to be better. All of us could get better, but not everybody wants to get better, and I pray that enough people will show up and listen and watch that want to get better, to want to be better versions of themselves.
1: Yeah, the uh, event tonight is at Bethel Church in Jacksonville, 7 o'clock start, and you mentioned it, Nick Foles will be there, and and we've learned in just a short time what a tremendous man uh, the new Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback is. We know about Donovan Darius, and he does so much to help people uh, in life, really, with his messaging. And, Brian, I think what you did in your Hall of Fame speech and how passionate that was, and you're passionate about everything, but you could see it, uh, your family, uh, where you grew up, Reigns, what you've dealt with at times in your career. Uh, you talked about it openly uh, with with depression, I believe it was at that time. Um, how, how important is it for what I would let, call, for this moment at least, a regular person, not a, a an athlete put on a pedestal or a, an athlete that is sometimes considered superhuman by some folks to have the same problems, the go through the same things as the everyday man. And and to illustrate that to the average Joe, if you will. Right, and and, and that's why it was so important for me to use that platform that
9: I was blessed to have. Not everybody will have that platform. Not everybody will be in on in the hall of fame and be in front of millions, not just here in the U.S., but of millions across the world speaking on um, on something. And it's just something that I wanted to talk about was the difficulties that I've had in my life. See, a lot of times people look at me and where I am now and think I've always been here, but I never go go through anything. You play professional football. You get money. You have a lot of money. And so you never go anything. No, that is not the truth. It's not even close to it. We all go through things. We all go through different levels of struggles, of pain, and, and sometimes suffering. And, and not, not all of us have the answers to, you know, to the test is how, how I call it. And so for me to be able to get on stage, to passionately tell everybody that was willing to listen that, yes, I have struggled with depression. Yes, that's something that I have gone through, something that is always waiting for me to do something or fall deep enough for that depression to try to rise back up. There's always a voice in me that would that would be willing to step up and speak out if I allow myself to get too down into in situations. So for people to understand that, to know that it, it, will, it will bless people. They will see that there is a way out, that there is something on the other side of the pain that you're going through that will help you, that is actually beneficial to you. And I talk about, you talked about uh, uh, mental health. A lot of people call it mental health. I don't call it mental health anymore. I talk about my cerebral wellness. <laughs> That's what I talk about, my cerebral wellness. Mental health has been bogged down with so much negativity. There's so much stigma and negativity surrounding mental health. So I talk about my cerebral wellness. See, there's something something different about the word cerebral and wellness. It talks about me getting better. It talks about me being able to overcome. It talks about me being able to to do things differently, not just the mundane of of of, of, of you know, I guess everybody else. I don't wanna I don't wanna be like everybody else with what everybody else is telling me that I can't get better. So that's not, so I I choose to talk about things differently. I choose to do things differently. And so some of those things I'll be sharing
1: tonight. Betterman dot go to the hub dot com for tonight at Bethel Church at seven p.m. and I think it's going to be fantastic because you're listening to him right now, Brent Martineau alongside Brian Dawkins, the Hall of Famer, uh, former Eagle great, of course, played for the Broncos too, born and bred in Jacksonville, and uh, he is such a passionate and great speaker. You'll want to hear it along with Nick Foles and Donovan Darius. How have, you, how did you become such a, a good speaker, uh, if you will? I Is that just a gift, Brian? Uh, Because I think when you talk, I want to listen. And that's not always the case. Heck, I I hope it's the case with me because I'm doing a radio show. But (laughs) it's not not always the case with people. I think that's a gift. And did you grow into that? Or is that just what you you have coming from the heart and, and out your vocal pipes? Well, people
9: won't know unless you hear me say it or you read something about me telling about my past. Is that growing up? I was someone that had a slight stutter. That I was very conscious of my stutter. And when I was conscious of it and I stuttered, it made it worse because I thought everybody could hear the stutter. So it actually made it worse. And so I was very quiet. Like I was private, uh, more introverted, to be honest with you. And so for me to now have the stage. To be on stage, to be talking in front of people, if you had have told me that when I was 10 years old, 11, 13 years old, I would have called you above. I was telling you, you were telling stories. I don't know who you were (laughs) telling stories about, but there's no way I would be doing that. So what you're you're hearing now has taken time to mature. I've taken lessons, in a lot of that. It's because of the occupation I was in, professional football, I wanted to speak better, but also ESPN. I was able to be there for a while. So I've had some coaches and, and things to that nature. So the the voice that I have is a blessing. That's from God. But the way that I use it, you know, I was taught to, to do some of the things that I'm doing. So, like, there's things inside of all of us that we don't recognize right off the bat that's just waiting for the right opportunity for us to pour in the right information into it so that it can really begin to bless people. And honestly, that's what my voice and my, my words are doing now.
1: Great story, uh, Brian Dawkins with us on Action Sports, Jacks on ESPN six ninety. Nick Foles, Donovan Darius will be there tonight at Bethel Church. Betterman dot go to the hub dot com for tickets. I think twenty five dollars and seventy five dollars. So go support it. Go listen to these guys share heartfelt stories and real life stories. Speaking of real life, Brian, one football question, and I'll let you go because we'll catch up with you down the road. I could ask you a million questions, but I really want to talk about tonight's event. But there is something that happened recently in Jacksonville that got me thinking. Tobin Smith says he's not playing in 2019. Uh, he's he's in the prime of his career. He's a pro bowler. Uh, he, he signed a big contract. How many times did you potentially or maybe contemplate not coming back for a season? Uh, is that something that players go through? You played a long time in the NFL.
9: See, when you when like life hits you, it hits you in the face. It hits you hard. When certain situations hit, happen in your life and you don't have the answers for them, um, or you've been taught to do things a specific way, and that's actually not the way to do them. A lot of times, as men, we hold everything in. We hold stuff in. We hold stuff in. And that's one of the worst things is you can do pressure builds in silence. I always say that. Pressure builds in silence when you allow it to. And when that pressure builds in silence, when that last thing hits it, it explodes and it tears up a lot of things. It tears up a lot of real estate. It, sometimes, you know, in, 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 industri- in industrial plants, it actually kills people. And so, in our lives, as football players, we're asked to, to, to have a lot of things going on at the same time and still be able to function. You're still supposed to go on the field and produce because all they see is your effort on the field. All they see are the results or the lack thereof on the football field people most people can honestly they can care less about what's going on in your household they can care less of what's going on with your wife they can care less of what's going on with your mom with your dad they can care less all they know is that you're on the field and we want to see you play and that's a lot of stress for some guys and some guys they, they don't know how to handle that so for him to base first of all speak up and say that this is something that that I need to do for myself man i I, I applaud that i would tell you I wouldn't have been able to do that Knowing me, I would not have been able to do that. I would have continued to try to fight through to find a way to to to, to continue to to push through. Um, just just knowing me, I'm just telling you how, how I am and how I was. But you know, this is hopefully um, the beginning of some things of God's really understanding that your cerebral wellness is so important. Being emotional, emotionally available to talk about your feelings. Not all the time. Now, you you know, you can't be talking all the time, but there's a balance there that you have to get stuff off of your chest. You can't hold in everything. And so the more, hopefully, the more athletes hear this, the more people, not just athletes, the more men that hear this, they'll take the routes that they need to take, whether it's through counseling, whether it's through their pastors or the, their, uh, the priests or whatever the case may be and then hopefully they'll get some of those things out to be able to be prayed about, and then they'll they'll even be better husbands,
1: fathers, employers, employees because of it, because they're not holding in all of that pain. Well said. Brian Dawkins, the Hall of Famer, former Eagle, former Bronco, uh, former Reigns, Viking, Clemson Tiger. Man, you're on top of the world these days. National <laughs> championships, state championships, Hall of Fame jackets. I love it
10: for you. Unbelievable.
1: We are proud of you. We are proud of you here in Jacksonville, and uh, you will be joined by a couple of great men as well. And you are one too, Brian Dawkins, Donovan Darius, Nick Foles tonight at Bethel Church, seven o'clock. Here's how you get the tickets: Bettermen.go go to the hub Go check these guys out tonight. We look forward to catching with you, catching up with you down the road, Brian. But I uh, hope it's a great night for everybody.
9: No, it, it will be a great night. I really do believe that. i like, like to also thank Wawa for stepping up and, and doing some things for us at, to, to help this event going forward. But, like, I, I really, really do believe this will be a life-changing event for those who attend. Because I'm going to let you know, like, you think I'm, like, turned up right now? <laughs> I'm going to be all the way game time
1: turned up when this thing happens tonight. All right, thanks. Hey, throw one of those hats into the crowd after you're done with it. Maybe. Maybe. I love your hat. you got a great lid. Uh, Brian Dawkins, thanks, buddy. Uh, Have a good night tonight. We'll catch up with you down the road. Thank you. You like REM? You like a little baseball? Mike Mills joins us from down in St. Augustine on ESPN 690. Uh, you can be watching Action Sports checks on ESPN 690 on all the different platforms. And if you watch it on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and Twitch, you see this man next to me now. Uh, thumbs up from Mike Mills. And you hear that music in the background? He's part of that as well. R.E.M. Might be my favorite channel on Pandora. <laughs> oh,
0: that's good to hear. More pennies for me.
1: <laughs> I hope so. Thanks for coming on board. Uh, we appreciate uh, you stopping in to Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690 here in Jacksonville.
0: I'm glad to be here.
1: You got a lot to talk about here. Uh, I know it's REM, it's REM, it's REM, but you have a resume that's so much deeper than that. Uh, do you get, uh, do you sometimes say to yourself or for people like me who want to talk about REM and say, hey, I did a lot of other things too?
0: <laughs> no, I don't, uh, shoot, I, I owe REM just about everything I have in my life. So, uh, you know, it was it was thirty nine years of super fun and and super good work, and uh, I don't resim I don't re- res- you know I don't mind any of that.
1: Two thousand eleven was when you guys shut it down. Does that sound right? That is correct. Uh, and it was amicable. How oh, yeah. unique is that uh-huh. in your industry for it not to be all this theater dramatics? Yeah. For yeah. you guys to say, you know what, it's been a great run and it's over.
0: I think that was. One of the reasons we did it, when we did it, as we did it, was uh, to be one of the few people that walks away with shake hands, stay friends, no lawyers, no weirdness, just, uh, you know, we we had done all we set out to do, all we could think of to accomplish, we had done, and we said, you know, we're still young, let's go out and have some fun and do some different things.
1: You know, we think about music hotbeds, right, yeah, at, you know, Detroit, uh, Nashville, uh, Memphis, I know there's probably a million others, but you know what a sleepy
0: one is? <laughs> Athens, Georgia. Well, it's not that sleepy anymore, but uh, at the time we started, it was very, very sleepy. There's there's a bunch of music that comes out of there.
1: Why is that?
0: Uh, You know, the the South has always had a history of music. Uh, You know, Little Bitty Towns, you know, Trisha Yearwood is from... uh, She's from Monticello, Georgia. Yeah, you know, that's a tiny little right. right. town. So, I mean, there, a lot of places in the South uh, have music because there's so little else to do. People play music. Uh, that was kind of the same thing in Athens. Uh, a bunch of college kids sitting around with no money and nothing else to do. So, what do you do? You you grab a guitar and make music, or, or grab some sort of piece of equipment and make some noise with it.
1: What kind of music you listen to now?
0: Um, I, I listen to. A little of everything, um, you know, I think as you get older, you tend to go back to the things that, that meant more to you when you were young. I think that's kind of a universal human trait, um, but, uh, but you know, I spread it around. I listen to a country and jazz, and, and uh, you know, I'll put on a little death metal every once in a while <laughs> just to shake things up a little bit. Well,
1: you guys shook up the music industry, really. I mean, you went at, at your time in R.E.M. And, and what you guys were able to do, as you look back on it, how unique was it? what you guys were doing
0: um i guess it certainly looks that way in retrospect at the time it just felt pretty natural uh you know a lot of the music that was being made when we started was in was in uh uh, counter counter to everything you heard on the radio and we were all sick of the same old thing so everybody was just trying to do what came naturally and what felt fresh and different um you know uh, the rules that we Went along by were basically we didn't know what we wanted to do, but we knew what we didn't want to do. So as a result, you know, whenever we had a decision, it was pretty clear which one was the right one. Um, and and it really like I said, it felt really natural as we were doing it. When you look back, I guess we were sort of changing some things and and maybe uh, giving a little roadmap to bands that came after us for ways to to. Be popular and be successful without selling your soul and being able to look at yourself in the mirror the next day is a really important thing. Yeah,
1: and that's a big thing for a musician, right, or an artist, to stay and true to yourself.
0: Yeah, I think you have to. Uh, I mean, obviously there are compromises to be made. It's life, you know. It's it, whether 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 it's getting up in the morning it takes a compromise sometimes. But uh, as far as what we were doing, you know, we, we, we always felt good about ourselves uh, with every decision that we made.
1: What does a musician that did it for forty years and and then some uh, do now?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, it was a weird thing when we broke up because uh, obviously, you know, the, your identity is tied up in what you've done for the last forty years. I mean, am I who is Mike Mills without REM? I I, I don't know. I guess that'll come to me someday. Um, uh, one of the, the fun thing I'm doing right now, uh, one of the things I'm doing is uh, a buddy of mine, Robert McDuffie. Uh, we were friends back in high school in Macon. He went on to become a world-class solo violinist, classical violinist. He tours the world, playing with symphonies all over the place. He, he came to me about four or five years ago. He said, "I want you to write a half-hour concerto for violin, rock band, and string orchestra." I said, "Well, that's
2: why would I do that?"
0: He said, Angie <laughs> he said, I'm sick of playing music by dead white European males. I want to do something <laughs> different." So, uh, so I wrote this thing, and and uh, we've been we've been working on that. Uh, we've been playing that with various symphonies around the United States, and uh, and we're gonna. I think we're gonna tour it. Uh, I think it just became official that we're touring it this fall uh, with Chuck Lavelle. Uh, we're gonna do a whole bunch of Georgia music and have a really good time out there for the awesome. shows. Does yeah. that get
1: the juices flowing a little bit? Oh, you miss that?
0: So oh, it's terrifying. I mean, uh, you know, I get to play a lot. I, I get on stage with a lot of different people, but uh, but this is particularly terrifying because, especially in the classical field, there are a lot of you know highbrow people out there that, that have what they consider high standards you know and so you you, you know you don't want to disappoint anybody
1: absolutely yeah. the uh... you have been involved with something called the baseball project yeah i'm a yep. big baseball fan you're a big baseball fan mm-hmm. what
0: is this how did it come about well it, it, at my 50th birthday party uh, which wasn't that long ago um... St- steve Wynn and scott mccoy two fantastic musicians and songwriters got to got to talking about how much we all love baseball and they were talking about why isn't there why has not there been some sort of baseball project that writes songs about baseball at least and eventually they decided to form one. So, It uh, yeah, yeah, was
1: just Center Field. That's the only song we've ever uh, had, right? I know, I know. It's,
0: it's like there's this, this got to be better than that. <laughs> and we kept thinking there's got to be a better song about baseball. And there, there are several people that write really good stuff about baseball. We're not the only ones doing it. But, um, but yeah, so they, Peter was uh, the bass player in the band for a while. And then he couldn't make the first live show. And they asked me to sit in. And now I'm uh, the touring bass player. And sort of I play bass on the records, too. And Peter plays guitar now. So it's basically it's all original songs about baseball. But the thing about baseball is baseball is a microcosm of life. So, you know, a lot of our songs are very statistics-filled, but a lot of them are just simply songs about uh, baseball players and life. And how, like one of the best ones that Steve Wynn wrote is uh, called My Name is Larry Yount. Uh, it's about Robin Yount's younger brother who uh, got called up, finally got called up to the bigs and was warming up to pitch, hurt his arm, never got to pitch, got sent back to the minors. And that was as close as he got, and he never got any closer. And I, you know, it's all fine because he went on to be, I think, Robin's manager. So he's not, he's not doing badly. Yeah. But, but, but Straight just out the, of field the dreams, yeah, pretty much. And but just the, just the, just the emotional impact of getting that close to your yeah, dream yeah. and then having it snatched away from you. So, um, there are a lot of th- stories you can find within baseball besides just great memories and statistics.
1: Did you grow to be a baseball fan, or was it always in the blood? And I'm, you're from Athens, Georgia, so does that make you a Braves fan?
0: Oh yeah, I was, uh, I was a Braves. Shoot, I, my dad used to take me to Atlanta Crackers games before the Braves came to Atlanta. Wow. So I've been a Braves fan since they moved there in 66.
1: What, what What do you like, or do you like baseball today? Because I'm more I'm, I'm not an old guy, if you will, but I'm a, more of a traditionalist when it comes to baseball. Yeah. I don't like replay. Uh, I, I do understand the timing of games, but I don't like all the goofy rules that go into changing that. Uh, so... I'm more of a traditionalist, yeah. and I don't know if I love the power surge. I don't think you have to – 102 miles an hour or home runs, I think there's more to the game than that. And I yeah. think we're losing base running, and we're losing fielding, and we're losing situational
0: hitting. But that's me. What about you? Oh, I, I, I completely <laughs> agree with you. Unfortunately, we're in the minority. Uh, you know, a lot of the problem is that, that, uh, that a lot of younger people today were raised on – Instant gratification, you know, MTV quick cut in the video, all that, all that sort of stuff's got to happen now and it's got to happen faster. Yeah. And there's not enough, the, the, the leisurely pace of games kind of bothers people. And I, I, don't, I think it's terrible. I, I like baseball the way it was. I mean, games have gotten too long, yeah, because there's so many uh, situational relief pitching going on and they keep managers come out, too many visits to the mound, changing all that. But, but you know, I hate the DH. Uh, I don't love instant replay. I mean, I like getting the calls right, but half the time they don't get them right even with instant replay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I didn't think baseball needed that much tinkering, but it's going to happen. I really hate the uh, the no more pace on balls. Oh, I mean, yeah, the, the on ball balls That's a stupidest go. thing. It's like, Joe Torre, what's
1: wrong with you? Just throw four pitches, right? Yeah. Uh, your Braves are fun, though.
0: Oh, the Braves are awesome. I've, I've loved them forever. And... Uh, you know,
1: well, they haven't always been fun, but recently they are well, more fun. Well, when you were
0: when you're a kid, they were fun. Even if they were terrible, they were yeah, fun because yeah. they were my team. You know, Rico Cardi and Henry Aaron and, and all those, you know, Phil Negro, and all those guys from Dale the 60s, Murphy, I loved yeah. them all. Murph, of course, a buddy of mine, and, and uh, you know, I, I, I've always loved the Braves.
1: All right, uh, a couple more, and then we'll let you go. You got jam session tonight? Yeah. I mean, you play like 15 different things. What are you breaking out? What are you doing?
0: Uh, We're sticking with REM stuff. Uh, You know, I've I've been playing with Six Wire a lot, these things and some other things similar to this. A great band. Uh, we'll do we'll do probably the one I love or uh, sometimes we do Texarkana, Arcana sometimes uh, don't go back to Rockville sometimes Superman we'll we'll make that call later on
1: hundred dollars a ticket uh, to get in tonight public is welcome by the way uh, seven thirty jam session here down at World Golf Village goes towards St Jude Research Hospital fantastic cause this is a cool is. event isn't
0: it it's a great event uh, you know I've been doing the Warburton for years and I'm really glad that Kevin has decided to uh, to start this thing up here people on the East Coast now get a chance to see how much fun it is. And, and see what a great cause it is. It, you know, What they do at St. Jude is, is is just one of the most powerful things you'll ever find out about in your life.
1: Last one for you, uh, you big dog fan? Yep, I'm assuming yep,
0: dog fan, sure. Georgia, Florida, have you been? Yes, I went once uh, back when I was in college, and that was enough. (laughs) I mean, I loved it, but once was plenty. (laughs)
1: Very good. Mike Mills, uh, who does a lot, but you know him from REM. Uh, Very nice catching up with you. It's
0: my pleasure, Brent. Love talking
1: baseball with you, too. Yeah, me
0: too. All right. Uh,
1: Enjoy the weekend, and thanks for being here for St. Jude Research Hospital as well. Hey, when we come back, Rob Riggle. Oh, we keep the interviews rolling, and we're having some fun. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, live in St. Augustine at World Golf Village. Come join us for a good cause tonight. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Checking out all the different platforms. You're seeing all our different guests here today down at World Golf Village, Renaissance Hotel Convention Center. Uh, The big event, ROM Celebrity Golf Tournament going on. Uh, Word is they'll raise... Close to, if not more than a half a million dollars this weekend for St. Jude Research Hospital, which is just awesome. Musicians, actors, uh, celebrity guests from the uh, sports world as well. And I think, I don't know about musician, uh, but this guy (laughs) kind of crosses a bunch of different worlds. And uh, Rob Riggle joins us right now. Uh, We just want the prediction for the Jacksonville Jaguars around here, okay?
11: (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't everybody want that? I get it. I get it. Um... What are they going to do? No, you got foals, right? Yeah, you guys are going to do fine. You guys are going to do fine. Uh, I don't know if you'll make it back to the AFC Championship game. But if you do, you're going to probably be meeting up against the Kansas City Chiefs and then that's bad news for the Jaguars.
1: Well, that would be uh, kind of a full-circle season because the Jags open up with Kansas City here in Jacksonville, so we wouldn't mind seeing them again in the AFC Championship All right. Game. All all right. I'll sign up for that right okay, now, deal. man. Okay, deal. I'll
11: know, sign up for it, too. I'm a Chiefs fan, <laughs> is, so that's why.
1: You know how many times we've lost around here. We'll <laughs> sign up for a bid to the AFC Championship game. No problem. How fun is it being a Chiefs fan right now?
11: It's great. Um, well, unless you're off we, the field stuff. Exactly. Yeah. If we can keep our team intact, uh, you know, they kept – uh, there, there's been a lot of mistakes made, and so we've had to, you know, we've had to say goodbye to some of our yeah. really great players, which stinks. But uh, I think we've got a great coach, a great quarterback, and we got the rest of the team is fantastic, and we'll be okay.
1: Andy Reid's a good guy, uh, a good coach, but Mahomes, it must be Mahomes mania if you're living in Kansas City. I mean, pretty
11: much, yeah, pretty much. He could, he could be mayor. If he wanted to be, yeah. I don't think he wants it. I think he's smarter than that. But <laughs> he could, he could do anything he wants. The quarterback time.
1: in the NFL is better than mayor anywhere. <laughs>
11: absolutely, absolutely. Uh, how
1: much fun do you have on the on the Fox?
11: Uh, on I love it. Uh, it's 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 one of the what a group. One of the great gigs uh, of my life. So, yeah, uh, uh, it's an absolute joy. Uh, Terry, Howie, Stray, uh, uh, Coach Jimmy, um, Kurt, and and Jay, and the the whole group really it's uh, it's an outstanding group of people a lot of fun to work with they're very flexible like they come in and do bits with me uh, if I you know if I give them a hard time they they all appreciate it uh, as a matter of fact if I don't give them a hard time they, they come to me and they're like what's wrong Are you mad at me what, you're not doing <laughs> any, you're not making fun of me so uh, it's definitely enjoyable. Definitely
1: yeah, no, it's enjoyable. a good crew. Uh, of course, everybody can watch uh, Fox NFL Sunday on Fox thirty. Uh, we're associated with and CBS forty seven, of course, too on the TV side. But uh, Fox Sundays are really fun, and Fox Thursday nights are, are fun with the NFL. Do, what do you guys do during the game? Do you really watch, or are you just? Oh yeah,
11: yeah, yeah. During the games, popcorn at each other. No, no. They have they have all the games on, um, and the guys are intentionally. In, 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 well, intentionally, uh, but intensely, uh, watching these games and they're taking notes. They're having arguments. They're talking about players. They're, you know, it, it's it's happening. Yeah. Uh, they 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 don't just go back to the green room and go to sleep like they they are in it. Sunday is they are in it full on. So uh, it's fun to watch them too, and it's fun to hear their commentary. Yeah, I'm not always there. I usually the stuff I do is pre-taped, so I don't always make it in on Sunday. Okay. But when I do. Uh, it's always a blast, uh, you know, because they have they have food and they have drinks, and um, you know we we all hang out and, and it's it's fun. It's like a great place to watch the games.
1: I always say this because I'm in a, uh, I'm just like a dumb sports guy, but I always say this about folks like you. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Have a drink.
11: How uh, are you, buddy?
1: <laughs> uh, Rob Riggle with us on Action Sports Jackson on ESPN six ninety. I I always say when you're in the comedy world, is it is it difficult? That you always have to feel like you're
11: funny? Oh, no. I mean, that's the, that's all self-induced. You know? Is if someone, it? Yeah, because you can't be on all the time. It's yeah. impossible. Uh, so don't try. Um, I learned that very early on.
1: Did you have to wrestle with that a little bit?
11: No, no, because I have a personality that when it's time, I, I do it. When I, I turn it on, and when I don't have to, I don't. Um, I mean, I try to be pleasant yeah. and enjoyable yeah. and have fun. Uh, but, yeah, it's too much. Like, I, you, you almost have if, – if you're going to try to be on all the time, you almost have to be manic. And that can be disturbing because if you've ever been around someone who can't turn it off, it's exhausting. Yeah. It's yeah, exhausting. It's too, it's too much. And so, yeah, you know, I just uh, – I don't feel that pressure.
1: Well, that's good. I, to I <laughs> no, listen, I'm not very funny. That's the thing. So I can't relate. Yeah. So – but we have, like, Bill Mar- M- Murray comes – Caddyshack. Love them. And I'm just always like, wow, you always have to be there. And uh, that's a great way to describe it. Speaking of being there, you're going to be all over the place soon, right? I just asked you if you were going to be busy coming up. And you've got a new show. Tell us about it.
11: Well, yeah. Well, this week, uh, obviously, I'm here for the Kevin Rahm uh, St. Jude's Golf Classic. It's going to be amazing. It's a first annual, so I'm really excited. Really happy for him. Really happy for St. Jude's because they do amazing work. Next week, I'm in Kansas City back home. Uh, to do my charity event for Children's Mercy Hospital there. I do it with Paul Rudd, Jason Sudeikis, Eric Street, Dave Keckner, and myself, awesome. because we're all Kansas City guys. Cool. Uh, and Slick something? Yeah. yeah, Big Slick. The Big Slick. The Big Slick. Okay. It was, we named it that because when we started this thing, this would be our 10th year. When we started it, uh, it was a poker tournament. And Big Slick is, as you may know, a poker okay. term okay. with an ace king in the hole. Um, now it, we've had to change it. Uh, it's no longer a poker tournament, but we still call it Big Slick. Cool. Anyway, uh, yeah, I just got a show on the Discovery Channel uh, called Rob Riggle, Global Investigator. Uh, and basically, I'm going to be traveling around the world solving mysteries. Pretty cool. And uh, it's going to be a blast, but it's going to take all summer. And uh, I'm going to be also I'm going to be doing Shark Week uh, this year. Uh, again, I did it last year with Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Shaq and I did it last year, and this year I'm doing it again.
1: It's amazing how big that thing is, huh? Oh,
11: Shark Week's—I mean, it's the real deal. <laughs> and, and you know, last year when Shaq and I did it, it was the 30th anniversary. Really? The 30th. I did not realize yeah, that. Yeah, so this is 31, and they were—they were nice enough to ask me to come back. So I was like, absolutely. I had a blast. So, so yeah. yeah so I'll be down. I'll actually be down here in Florida again uh, very soon, um, down in the Keys. Doing some uh, scuba diving, uh, uh, looking for some buried treasure down there. Very good. um, Great spot. Then I'll be headed over to, uh, um, well, then we're going to do Shark Week, and then we're going to go over to London and. I've got a whole bunch of mysteries over in London and Scotland, and, and a couple up in Alaska, and so we're gonna be we're gonna be all over.
1: That sounds like a cool show. The premise and everything. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's obviously going to run what in the, in the fall.
11: We hope so. Yeah, I, uh, that's my best guess. We don't know when. Okay. Whenever they decide, but we'll be done filming probably by the end of September. So. Uh, um, then it's up to them when they start rolling Is that out.
1: just a whirlwind in your world, uh, you know, to do that and be all in different
11: countries? Yeah, it's going to be exhausting. and Because, you know, when you get there, it's not sightseeing. It's all work, yeah. you know, and they're long hours, 12-hour days, because you got to get all the stuff done. Um, so, yeah, it'll be it'll be busy and exhausting, and uh, but fun and cool, I hope. And, yeah. and we're going to bring a little bit of comedy, you know, to the Discovery Channel. Uh, so it'll be something different. And then... Um, and then, of course, Fox NFL starts in the fall, you know. So that'll that you know starts, and, uh, uh, and also this summer, uh, ABC, holy moly, uh, produced by Steph Curry.
5: I was just going to ask you about. Yeah. This, that's um, good. So you're. So I'm,
11: I'm hosting that with uh, Joe Tessitore, who yeah, does yeah, the play-by-play yeah. play yeah. for uh, Monday Night, and we had an absolute blast. Uh, it is. It's going to be a fun, fun show. Um, so that's that comes out. Uh, um, at the right after the NBA finals,
1: it's coming up because I saw some of the spots for it yesterday. Yeah. Watching the game, obviously yeah. it makes sense. Uh, and I wanted to ask you about that, yeah, because again, you've crossed over. You're talking sports on Sunday with comedy mixed in and, yeah. and act and shows and all this stuff. But LeBron James, uh-huh. uh, I think Shaquille's done it in the past, but uh-huh. now Steph Curry. Uh-huh. What do you think about these star athletes? Kind of owning these kind of shows. Uh, I think
11: it's fantastic. I think it's fantastic. Are they good at it? Yeah, they are. They're 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 a lot more savvy. You know, the world we live in today, uh, there's everybody crosses over. Yeah. You know, there's there's hardly any uh, exclusivity now. You, everybody does their core competency, and that you know that's what you yeah, should do. That's breeze. that's what you should do. <laughs> but. You know, there's no reason if you don't, ha- if you have other interests and other dreams and other things you want to pursue, there's absolutely no reason you shouldn't try to do it. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of these guys, you know, they they love comedy. They love entertainment. And they want to get involved. And they want, they think maybe they can do it. And then they find out, yes, I can, or oh, maybe I can't, or I kind of can do it, or it's a lot harder than I thought it was, or they do have a passion for it, or you know, not, you know, they but they get to try it and figure it out. And... They're all very very smart operators. They they understand what they're doing. So yeah, it's yeah. fun. And and then, you know, obviously we we do our part to help out. Uh, so it's it's good. Oh
1: well, and the crazy thing is they're young guys. Yeah. You know. I mean they're still usually in their their low thirties.
11: Yes, absolutely. And, and and it's fun is that you know, most of those guys like i i I play in a lot of golf tournaments with Steph Curry, that's how I know Steph and uh, but you know, they'll come up and they'll quote lines from Step Brothers or from The Hangover or Twenty One Jump Street, or Dumb and Dumber Two, or the other guys, or whatever film that I've been in, they'll quote the line. So they all are. They they love watching movies. They love comedy. They love TV. So they quote lines back to me that I've said in movies or whatever. So I know they're fans of comedy. Yeah, yeah. And they enjoy it. That makes sense.
1: Holy uh, moly, that'll be fun with uh, Steph Curry to be a part of that and Tessator as well. Uh, What is the most quoted? Movie or is it? Hangover? Oh yeah,
11: it's uh, Step Brothers. Uh, I get a lot of pow. People okay. screaming pow at me. Um, I get a lot of uh, um, Hangover. I get a lot of people uh, in the face. Uh, not up in here. A lot of that stuff.
1: How fun was that?
11: Those oh, those hangover. great, great, great times. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, I was able. They both directors, uh, Todd Phillips and and uh, Adam McKay, uh, are improvisers and they love. To let people go do their thing So a lot of those lines Pow In the face All that stuff was improvised So they They let that happen Yeah Uh, You know Some directors get scared Of improv and some directors embrace it. So. And
1: then it becomes the thing. And then it becomes, remember. like, yeah, then it becomes. Is it crazy? A catchphrase, yeah. That's fun stuff. Uh, one last thing. You're playing in the uh, Kevin Rahm Celebrity Golf Tournament. He told you, he hus- you hustled him, uh, <laughs> allegedly, uh, the last time you guys golfed or, or one of the times you guys golfed. Uh-huh. He told me the story. Oh, you know, he, yes.
11: Good, he, 275 he, down the middle. You shot like
1: seven <laughs> over. Like, yeah, I don't play much golf. Uh, You got that in your game, too,
11: I guess. uh, I think it was at the BMW up in in South Carolina. That's what he said, yeah. yeah. He's like a 10 handicap. And at the time, I was like a 15 handicap, but I played really well, which happens. (laughs) It does happen. Now, if he would have stuck around for the next day, (laughs) I I played my 15 (laughs) handicap. Uh, But I had a really good day that day. So then he was like, oh, you're bogus. But, uh, yeah, now I'm probably down to a 12 handicap. All right, good. and that's pretty accurate, I think.
1: Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for being here at this event to help St. Jude Research Hospital Absolutely. and the Kevin Rom Celebrity Golf Tournament in St. Augustine. Hopefully you'll be here uh, every single year of it. And good luck with your event next week.
11: Awesome. Thank you very much.
1: All right, Rob Riggle on Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690. Of course, you catch him on Fox 30 on the TV side, Sundays in football season. You'll see him on ABC coming up this summer and Discovery Channel as well. you got a lot of things in the cooker. Yeah. Uh, but have fun, Set, travel safe, and uh, thanks for being here. Pleasure. More to come, more sports talk when we come back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN six nine. Hey, welcome back to St. Augustine, World Golf Village. On the road once again here on Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690. Thanks for hanging out with us. Different kind of show today, which is really a lot of fun. Austin Lane, uh, back home in Wisconsin for the weekend. Uh, so he checked in from the airport. That's unusual in itself. Uh, Marcel Robinson joined us earlier in the program to talk a little football and OTAs, and he rejoins us in a moment. Uh, Kuz doing his thing back in the studio. We've got him running back there. And we keep getting some great guests here at the ROM Celebrity Golf Tournament to benefit St. Jude Research Hospital. Great to be here. Uh, Partners on the TV side with CBS 47 and Fox 30, and really excited about being here for uh, ESPN 690 as well. This is the first of its kind here in... The Jacksonville area, and really on the East Coast, they think they'll raise about a half a million dollars or more for St. Jude Research Hospital. Uh, they also do this on the West Coast, and they're in their ninth year. I think they've raised more than, I think uh, Kevin Rom said, like $11 million. It's, it's unbelievable. Uh, so... This is something that's going to grow. It's be a, you can be a part of it. $100 for a ticket tonight to come down here to Renaissance uh, Hotel and Convention Center and see a jam session with some of these guys. Uh, and if you really don't know their name, you probably know the bands they've played in. Uh, we talked to Mike Mills earlier, and you know REM if you don't know Mike Mills. Uh, Jay DeMarcus from Rascal Flats is here. He might pop in and join us in just a little bit. Steve Cropper is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, he stops by uh, as well. And Kevin Rahm, of course, an actor, and Rob Riggle as well, uh, also uh, joins us. Uh, joined us earlier on the show. So it's been a lot of fun hanging out. Now let's go back to the studio and check in with Marcel Robinson, because I do want a thought on Game 1 of the NBA Finals. Were you surprised, Marcel?
3: Uh, honestly, no. Game one went actually about as I expected. I think when we were talking yesterday, I actually predicted the Raptors to beat uh, Golden State in game one. Um, One thing I was surprised about, though, is I've always felt that the reason that teams end up kind of getting blown out the water by Golden State is because they try to beat Golden State at their own game. Like, they try to get out and run with them and usually end up getting left in the dust. But to me, it was kind of interesting to see them kind of get beat at their own game.
1: Yeah, I I thought... You even gave Kuz some credit here. Is this really going to work out the way Kuz thinks it, it might work out? Kevin Durant won't play in Game Two, but I mean, could he come back in the middle of the series?
3: Honestly, I was uh, I think it will. One because I thought the exact same thing. Um, I felt that if Golden State lost Game One and found themselves kind of in a hole, then they may not necessarily rush KD back, but there may be a little bit more of a push to like, hey, uh, so you good to go, or what can we what can we do? Um, but I, honestly, I think either game three or four, I think Kevin Durant will be playing.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I got to give share uh, Duval Doom on Twitter. He just said this. You guys will appreciate this because you know I'm not the most musically inclined. He said just interviewed a member of one of the best alternative rock bands of all time, and I bet he can't name one of their songs. <laughs> yes, I can. For uh, <laughs> REM, I can certainly uh, do that. And I I can name this guy coming in as well, Marcel. If you want to hang around, uh, we'd love to have you, but. We'll talk about the NBA a little bit more in a second. We're going to talk a little more music because Steve Cropper has joined us here on Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690. And, Marcel, we have to bump you out of the way for a Hall of Famer. It's as simple as that. And it's the second time we've had a Hall of Famer on the show. Well, actually, it's probably more than that. How many of the guys that have stopped by are in the Hall of Fame? We had Brian Dawkins for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And now we have the Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, Steve Cropper, here on the show. How are you, sir? Well,
5: the good news is
4: I think the good news is that the individual doesn't vote on themselves. (laughs) That's what makes it special. (laughs) You
1: are here at the Rom Celebrity uh, Golf Tournament. How's your golf game?
4: Well, my golf game sucks. (laughs) But this charity is 100% maybe over the top. I don't know. It's great.
1: Uh, What is it like for you? How often do you rub shoulders with the guys that you rub shoulders with Well, probably
4: not often enough, but a lot. Do you? Yeah.
1: You guys see
5: each other quite a bit?
4: I've been a fan of the, of St. Jude for a long, long time, Yeah, being yeah. from Memphis and all that sort of stuff. And uh, the the Hall of Fame is fantastic, but I think when you tell stories to people that you actually got to meet and shake hands with Danny Thomas is a big one. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's something to be proud of.
1: That's really cool. Uh, from Memphis, how big is St. Jude? I mean, we feel it all over the place. I was telling Kevin
4: earlier. Well, it's, it started like most hospitals, I guess. Yeah. yeah.
1: But it's, how much pride is in that? A lot city for what it's been able. Well, to
4: you know, I've been away from Memphis for a long time, but uh, you know that thing has grown and grown and grown and grown until it's, you know. So we went down there, and uh, Angel and I were uh, at a golf tournament again, and uh, went down to St. Jude, met some of the young patients, and uh, it's it's overwhelming. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, it, uh, it touches your heart. That's it for does. Sure. Uh-huh.
4: It makes you very thankful of what you have. Absolutely. You know, if you can see, if you can feel, and do all those things that normal people—when you say normal—these kids are just struggling, and it's it's great. It's a great charity.
1: Steve Cropper with us, uh, and uh, guitar player, rock yeah. and roll Hall of Famer. <laughs> uh, you were in, you played a role in so many different bands, musical acts. Uh, yeah,
4: well, I was fortunate enough to they didn't kick me out. That was good. Uh, do you, do you but have, I have. I've been around a long time. Do you
1: so. have a hard time uh, uh, maybe kind of putting yourself into one group, or is it just well, you have to list them all?
4: You know, I, I, I say this about Booker T and EMGs, which was a famous group, but Duck and I used to call each other, Duck Don, the bass player, Donald Duck Don. And if we had a Booker T show because we didn't work all the time, like a lot of artists, work 200 days a year yeah. and get on a bus and go. And and we, by, I don't know how many times we'd work a year, maybe, maybe six or something. We'd always have to rehearse that music again, at least run over it to get familiar with it. Yeah. And I don't think, even though it may have sounded like it to the audience, we never played the same show twice. Really. You know, we we'd try to stick to the record, then we'd venture away from it to make it a little longer. Or something.
1: Was that to keep things fresh for you guys?
4: It always did. That's why we loved each other. And, we didn't get in scuffles about it or arguments and that kind of stuff.
1: Was there a plan? Uh, uh, is that a plan of attack that you guys had to not do the
4: shows show? I, like I think were it doing? just became natural. It's nothing that we thought of before we left home. Okay, uh, but we did have to rehearse, what we call rehearse. And I remember when my wife, we were kind of, we had just been married, and she, I stuck on a bus with the Blues Brothers in Europe for two and a half weeks, and she, she said, when do you guys practice? I said, practice. <laughs> we practiced this we were in grade school. Practice. We just. Played. I knew what she meant. She meant, I said, well, we rehearse every now and then. But once you know a show, you don't. You don't rehearse it. You've it in your brain, but you don't sit down and rehearse it.
1: You're uh, you're 77 years old. Look fantastic. Will you be well, jamming tonight? It. And uh, uh, how much do you jam still?
4: Uh, not near enough. And and the thing that keeps guitar fresh for me, I never really sit down and really learn how to play guitar. I was too busy trying to learn what I did on the session the day before or the month before. And I would have fans come up and say, man, that lick you played on so-and-so, can you show me that lick? And I said, I don't even know what I play, but I said, if you play me the record, I bet I can figure it out. Yeah, so you did it all by ear? Just ad-libbed it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, by ear, yeah, but by ad-libbed.
1: Uh, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. That's talent, by and the
4: way. And I, I admire the guys that do it the other way. I really do.
1: There is something about the guitar... And I didn't fall into this, partly because I couldn't do anything. I was not musically inclined. My mom's a professional violinist, but I couldn't do anything. And so I never really did. I couldn't do a drum roll in seventh grade, so I kind of said, you're not going to be very good at this (laughs) music stuff. But people love the guitar, uh, especially males, and love to learn the guitar. Josh Lambeau, the Jaguars kicker right now. He's playing guitar, and he's out yeah, playing, uh, you know. Very fortunate bars. to know a lot of
4: athletes that love to play guitar.
1: What is it about the guitar? I don't why? know. There's why do we like?
4: It? <clears throat> when I got asked one time, why would you pick up the guitar? In other words, why would you choose that instrument? I said, I guess to make meet girls. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, And really, that's the thing, right? <laughs> they, they think it's cool. There's something. About, and I think you just said the secret to
1: the success. I mean, if you could sing a, a nice lady a, a song and play that guitar at the same time,
4: well, you win. It works all around the world <laughs> under the same conditions. You're right about that.
1: How much do you play still? Uh,
4: probably more than I want to, but I, no, I never get tired of it. And uh, people ask me, why do you travel so much? I said, real simple. For that hour and a half or two hours you're on stage, it's well worth it.
1: Huh. Pretty cool. Uh, how big of a sports fan are you?
4: Uh, not as I don't have the time to do as much as I would like to and i didn't play sports in school i was sort of a half a year behind or whatever and i wasn't big enough i don't think they didn't want to get me in a fight (laughs) but i wasn't big enough to play football or tall enough to play basketball so
1: now you uh... you kind of rub shoulders with all these athletes at these kind of events i get to do
4: these charity events and they're always willing to show up you know for good charities and stuff like that and they like to give back too they love the fans and they know that you can't really make it in in this profession, any profession, without the fans. Yeah, you got to have the fans, and the fans they love you because of what you do, your accomplishments, I guess. And uh, when they're behind you, you you can't lose. You really can't.
1: Who are your uh, favorite um, guitarists now? Do you pay uh, the, the modern? I,
4: if I said a name, I would have to show favoritism. I don't want to do that. They're are there some right. good ones? Well, yeah. I mean, all name value you guys, but the ones that, that I really admired. With people like that are not here anymore, people like Jimi Hendrix, you know. And uh, I've been fortunate enough—if you look at the internet or whatever—that to produce a lot of great musicians and guitar players. And uh, it's it's well worth it. I don't think I learned anything from it other than I learned how to make hit records. But
1: in uh, I'm 42 years old. If you ask a even a guy that doesn't have a ton of musical knowledge. Uh, and people will laugh if they're hearing that because they know that. Uh, a lot of people ask me to pick uh, name a song on a that's coming out. And I can't name the artist, but if you ask guitar players, at least for my generation, I think Jimi Hendrix is the first to, that does come right. up. Is that rightfully so,
4: though? Probably. I mean, you so. kind of just said it, he, but he's the top of the heap. <laughs> he's Why? the guy. Why? Well, I think his style mainly was unique, and he did it different than anybody else. He took a right-handed guitar and turned it upside down and played it. Huh. And when he first did it, he just took a right one, and turned it upside down, and played it well. And uh, that's how we met. <laughs> I handed him my guitar. I said, show me that lick you played on that record you played on. He takes my guitar and turns it upside down. I said, man, I can't learn it that way. <laughs> and then eventually he put the big strings on top, if people know what I'm talking about. So, which is one through six. Yep. Starting one is the first string, the little one. And the six is the big string. And he finally turned it around and put the big strings on top originally when he just flipped it over. Of course, that put the little strings on top and the big strings on the bottom. Like Albert King. That's another good name.
1: (laughs) So there's the inside of the guitar world. If you're learning to play, make sure you do your research uh, a little bit. Uh, This guy knows it all. Steve Cropper, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. Uh, Guitar and maybe some golf?
4: A little bit of golf. I used to play a lot of golf. Okay. (laughs) I <laughs> wasn't very good at it, but I kept trying.
1: Well, we're glad to have you here. Thanks for stopping by on Action Sports Jacks yeah, on ESPN 690. We'll take it. a time out when we come back. A little more sports talk and some more guests as well here on a Friday edition of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Uh, you can watch Action Sports Jacks all weekend long, by the way. CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks primetime, 10.30 on Fox 30, 11.30 on CBS Forty-seven, as uh, Stuart Weber and Marcel Robinson will have the show on Saturday night and uh, Dan Hicken will have the show on Sunday night. I will not be here. I'll be down in Fort Myers. I'm leaving right for Fort Myers right after this. And uh, speaking of Fort Myers, Creekside just underway in the state final four. Uh, They are playing Venice. They just started uh, moments ago. And we'll keep you updated on that until 6 o'clock. And I'm hoping they win. Actually, Ty Guy, who has a tournament down at Fort Myers, that's why I'm heading down, he uh, went down early with with a buddy, and they are there. So there's a lot of uh, St. John's County kids down at Fort Myers playing in a tournament this weekend. They went down early to watch Creekside, which is kind of cool. And if they win tonight, they will play tomorrow night at 7 o'clock in the state championship game. So uh, hopefully uh, that happens. And... And we'll have that covered from down in Fort Myers tomorrow night on the TV side of things. Brett Martineau here. Austin Lane at home in Wisconsin for the weekend. Koo's back in the studio. A little more than an hour to go. It's been a fun show. Uh, music. Actors. Athletes. Got a little bit of everything here on a Friday edition of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I don't know what category Marcel Robinson falls into, but he's probably one of them. And I'm not really sure athlete is on the top of the list.
3: I mean, it's got to be all of the above. That's, I mean, that's that's what I'm <laughs> rocking with, you know.
1: I don't know. With all the pictures you take, man, acting might be your thing. I'm,
3: I got I got the skills now.
1: I I would say modeling, but that would be too much of a um, compliment.
3: I think it'd be a necessarily compliment. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: I don't want to go there. Uh, hey, we were talking about the NBA, and uh, I know we got uh, we we have some guests popping in and out. Uh, uh, one more thought on the NBA. Does this change in anyone's mind the way this series plays out now that you saw Toronto, or was this typically hey a game one uh, rusty Golden State still doesn't have Durant, Uh, you know now Warriors can make an adjustment, now they're going to win in five or six, no doubt about it. Uh, How do you feel? Did it change your mind in any way you see this thing shaking out?
3: Uh, Not for me, but I think that there's look I think there's going to be some obvious overreaction just because everyone expected you know the big, bad, mighty Golden State to come through and run through and win this game in four games. So I think you'll get that classic overreaction. But I mean, I felt that Golden State was due to lose, especially this one, because I mean, they've been off for, what, nine, nine days, was it, before this game?
1: Yeah, it was nine days, yeah.
3: I um, mean, Toronto's carrying all this momentum of a, of a, a big-time series win, you know, getting to the, the finals. Jurassic Park is going nuts. And, and I think they were, it doesn't really shock me, I had Toronto winning the first game any, anyway, which, I mean, I'm not... You know, telling you breaking news. A lot of people had Toronto winning the first game, but I don't think it changes many opinions. The only thing it really makes me wonder is how do they, not necessarily how Golden State responds, because I, I mean I know they have they have a lot to worry about, but I wonder what Toronto is going to do because I don't believe that we're going to get that same type of output from the same guys because that's kind of been how their series have gone. There's always been a different guy every game, uh, so I'm wondering like, are we going to get you know, another great game out of Pascal Siakam, or, or you know, we're gonna get that 30 point from Kyle Lowry. Uh, it just kind of makes me wonder what's next. I, I, I'm a little worried about that.
1: Hey guys, uh, I do have this question too. Who? I was gonna say, uh, not a so nice word. So I'll, there are kids around, so I won't yell this. Who the heck is Pascal Siakam? <laughs> <laughs> and 30 something points. I mean, a couple of times in this postseason. Listen, I know who he is, but where did is this? Is this out of the blue? Is this uh, how much of a surprise, especially in a game like that, I mean, who saw that coming?
3: Uh, I don't know if I necessarily saw that coming, but I'm pretty sure Koo's going to attest to this. He's had games where he's come out um, like that, especially when he's matched up well against some of their the opponents that Toronto has had. I mean, it's, he's not going to be your, you know, your everyday averaging you know, 30 points, but he's going to give you some games, and he's always going to give you maximum effort, and I think in some of the games that they get into, depending on the matchup, that maximum effort turns into you know, points.
1: Yeah, I love the effort of Toronto. Now, can they sustain it? And they did. They did, by the way, against Milwaukee. Can they continue to sustain it? I think it will be um, a big thing. Uh, Let's move on to a couple different topics, guys. Uh, The um, alcohol in the SEC. Did you see that today? Yes. It was announced that SEC stadiums can serve alcohol. Uh, It's up to the universities, however they want to implement. We talked about it earlier in the week and with Georgia. They they will now sell it i think uh, in the areas where there are big boosters uh, florida did that i believe a couple of years ago
5: mm-hmm.
1: what do you what is it about time is this watch out we could see some dangerous things happen um what you feeling
3: on it um i don't necessarily have a feeling one way or the other because i feel like well we'll get one <laughs> i feel like um i even though it wasn't you know they couldn't sell it or serve it i feel like Alcohol has always been consumed in SEC games regardless, so whether it's before the game or, um, you know, if I can't get alcohol in the game, I'm just going to get super lit up before I walk into, into the stadium. Uh, I mean, I think we'll obviously have a few cases of where some alcohol-induced behaviors may lead to some uh, unjustly ejections. but <laughs> <laughs> Or justly. <laughs> well, yeah, you're probably right there. Uh, but I not think it'll be good. I mean, I, I, well, Good being a relative term, but I, I think it'll it won't do it nearly as much harm as you know the initial shock value of oh boy now we got a bunch of college kids in, in the SEC you know liquored up during the games. I, I think it'll be fine.
1: Yeah, I think it's just the way of the world. I mean, listen, yeah. drink. You, you've got to be responsible about it. Um, yep. You know, drinking is part of sports culture
5: mm-hmm. uh
1: you know i understand there are bad things that can come of it but again you have to be responsible there you have to be responsible as a driver uh without alcohol uh you have to be responsible with your phones you have to be responsible in a lot of different areas and i think we've done betting now and gambling mm-hmm. uh you know all these things and it's on you uh to be responsible and. You do take that risk on, I think, if you're stadiums and leagues and all all of that, uh, but it is just part of it. and you know, whether you like this or not, it's part of getting people there. You yeah. know th- college football has also wrestled with some attendance issues, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. any other sport, it feels like. And that's part of being there. That's part of having fun. Uh, people like to go out and have a good time. And you just kind of hope that everything, everyone stays responsible. They have enough security. They notice things. People next to them notice things. And people aren't dumb. Now, the bottom line is we're not naive enough to know that. People are going to be stupid and yep. dumb. Yep. Uh, but hopefully they can, they can take care of it. I want to get into a quick little ballin' and fallin'. Uh, here's some ballin'. coos. Uh, do you have the, the, the song in the elementary school? <laughs> yeah. ready to go uh hold
7: on yeah I have it right here ready
1: I know I put you on the spot but check this out this is Ballin for sure it's uh old town road and about well what two hundred elementary school kids go nuts <laughs> Uh, there is. Where was Billy Ray Cyrus for this event?
3: I think the better question is, where was I for this event?
1: <laughs> was that awesome? Did you see the video of that? If you haven't, go check it out. But, I mean, it's just like an assembly for an elementary school. And he walks in, and they know what's about to happen. Of like, course. This was a surprise visit. But the kids breaking out in the song <laughs> shows you how popular it is right now. I mean, I thought th- these were not like 8th graders, 10th graders. These were seven and eight year old kids and probably should not have been singing some of the lyrics right
3: you know it's funny it's (laughs) funny you say that because as a parent that was my first thought because i know the lyrics of the song and i find myself waiting and anticipating for the verse to come on and like there's no way these kids are gonna say this right there's no way they're gonna and, and then you know the what's what's the line coos uh uh, lean all them cheated on my baby. You can go and ask her. I'm like, whoa, oh, yeah. whoa.
1: Oh yeah, and there are some um, other ones that are been quick. But I always tell this story. Like when my kids were young, and it was a Kenny Chesney song, and it was like, like making out on a little pink couches. Yes, and uh like they would sing that on top of their lungs when they were like seven. <laughs> Just <laughs> part of the song, <laughs> so it is kind of funny when the little kids uh, sing along to some of the uh, songs. Marcel, thanks for stopping by, man. Hang out if you want. We got an hour to go on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN six ninety. Who's as a ballin'? We also will get the fallen and uh, member of Rascal Flatts
10: stops by as well. Coming up next. Oh, they're super excited. You know, these guys have been prepping for this since last year when we lost in the regional final to Pace. I and mean, going out there, getting no hit, losing three to two. You know, these guys have been working very, very hard to get to this point again. You know, it seems a lot of teams try to look past us, but you know, they they continue to battle, and good things to come still.
4: That's
1: Chris King, head coach of the Creekside High School baseball team. The Knights are right now down in Fort Myers, playing for a state final four in a championship appearance tomorrow night at seven o'clock in class 7a last team standing in high school sports for 2019 so good luck to creekside just got this update they are down one to nothing uh in the first inning so uh one complete down one nothing but a lot of baseball to be played. It's a seven-inning game in high school baseball, so we'll continue to monitor Creekside and uh, wish him the best of luck. Hopefully some good thoughts down there, and that way, we, uh, when I go down to Port Martins, I can see a state championship game tomorrow. Uh, with the Creekside Knights. More special guests to come in uh, just a little bit. We are at World Golf Village in St. Augustine, the ROM Celebrity Golf Tournament. There's a jam session tonight, which you can still come to. Uh, $100 tickets goes to St. Jude Research Hospital. All the proceeds from this event go to St. Jude's. And uh, word is they'll raise uh, right around a half a million dollars, if not more, In this first event, this is going to become a thing down in St. Augustine, an annual event. This is just year one, but uh, off to a fantastic start. Uh, Plenty of golf to be played at Slammer and Squire and King and the Bear Saturday and Sunday. There was a songwriters' party last night, a jam session tonight. We already had. Mike Mills from R.E.M. and Steve Cropper, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, who after we interviewed, we are talking a little bit more and found out some more details. I guess he's best buddies with Ringo Starr. I've heard of that guy before, uh, and I'm sure you have too. Uh, so that was cool that Steve Cropper uh, came by. Rob Riggle joined us. Uh, Kevin Rahm, whose name is on the tournament, also joined us. He's a, a fantastic guy. And Jay DeMarcus from Rascal Flatts, uh, we think we'll stop by in a little bit. Uh, so we'll bring that to you uh, if possible. But it's 5 o'clock on a Friday. Oh, man, it's beautiful heading into the weekend. It's time for a little happy hour horn brought to you by Vita de Louis. Is Austin Lane when you need him, right? Yeah. Grab a drink. Take a shot. Take a yeah, start tender. I was so wondering. Marcel, are you supposed to fill in or what?
3: You know, I was kind of sitting there wondering about halfway through there, like, I'm in Austin's chair. Am I supposed to be doing this? <laughs> yes. Yes, you are.
1: Uh, By the way, Vita de Louis, locally owned tequila right here in Jacksonville, made in tequila, Mexico, shipped directly to Jack's Beach. Make your own recipes with Vita de Louis tequila, one of the smoothest tequilas you will ever taste. For locations, recipes, and merchandise, visit com. Drink responsibly. Have a great weekend, everybody. Uh, Have some fun out there, but as always, uh, uh, be safe here in the summer months, and summer is certainly here. The temperature has been unbelievable uh, all week long, but... It also feels pretty good. Marcel Robinson back in studio. Hey, Marcel, before we get to any more interviews out here, why don't we get to your interview uh, from today. You caught up with Jared Wilson. Uh, What are your thoughts on him playing free safety this year for the Jaguars, taking over for Deshaun Gibson?
3: Uh, I think it'll be good. I think uh, he's good. He seems to be in in pretty good spirits about it. Obviously, he got a little bit of time kind of back there in the safety position uh, near the tail end of of last season. Um, It's hard to believe that he's been here since 2016. It really is. Uh, um, like, yeah, that's
1: a forgotten note.
3: Yeah. Right. I, I believe he just, uh, just re-upped uh contract extension during this offseason once. They, he did. And he's kind of penciled in, and he's he's a really cool guy. He's really humble. Um, I kind of poked and prod a little bit you kind of get a little bit of swagger out right of him because, you know, that defensive backs room, they're always, you know, big and boisterous and, you know, never ashamed to present their opinion. But I think he's got a, a pretty good head on his shoulder, and he could, he could be good.
1: Well, they need him to be good, Marcel. I think it's a big X factor back there. I, everybody knows Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Boyer, You know what you have there. You're yep, good. Yep. Stay healthy. You're good. You know, I think, what you have in Ronnie Harrison. I think he showed enough flashes last year. I think he's going to be a really good player. Uh, we'll see. But I think Ronnie Harrison is going to be really, really good. I don't know much about Jared Wilson. I really don't. I, I don't know where he fits in. Did he do a nice job spelling guys at times, or in a in a play here or a play there? That's different than doing it for sixty plays a game. Right, that's a lot different in this role. And there's a lot around him, but that's important role in this defense for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it's not like they were mad at Deshaun Gibson. They didn't like Deshaun Gibson. The the thing about Deshaun Gibson is, well, they. He was making nine million bucks and they couldn't afford it anymore. Right. So now he's in Houston. So that was the big deal uh, with that, and that's how we got to this Jared Wilson situation with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Marcel, we're going to uh, hear from Jared Wilson in just a little bit. Your interview from today, but first, uh, Jay Demarcus from Rascal Flats just stopped by. So Rascal Flats trumps the ja- Jacksonville Jaguars at the moment.
5: Any day wow. of the week.
1: Any day of the week. Any
12: day of the week. Well, that's very kind, fellas. Thank you so much. I'm, sh- I'm surprised. I'm shocked.
1: <laughs> well, listen. You guys have won a lot. The Jaguars. I'm not so sure.
12: <laughs> no, no. They do have a good quarterback now, though.
1: Hey, you, you like yeah. Nick Foles?
12: I do. I like Blake Bortles too. He's just a little inconsistent. He's a great, great human being. I played with him in Tahoe, a lot. Uh, golf, not football. So, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy with this, some of the changes they've made this year.
1: Yeah, they. Um, Blake Bortles was. I, I don't know it's not beloved, but he was just one of, he was a great fit in Jacksonville. He yeah. from down the road Oviedo. Good dude. The inconsistencies at quarterback obviously mm-hmm. plagued him. But I don't think you'll get anybody to argue what you just said. Go right. play a ground of golf with Blake Bortles. You'll remember it. You'll love him.
12: It's awesome. He's a great human being. They just signed Terrell Pryor, too, did. I just read. Man, you're, yeah. you're up on this. Oh, guy I'm a huge NFL stuff. fan, man. I, I like have the notifications on my phone for NFL.com. I, I try to keep up on all of Now, this
1: of is it. interesting. You're a Columbus, Ohio guy. Yeah. My wife's from Gahanna, by the way. Oh, uh, yeah. And I went to school at Ashland University, so not too far away. Mm-hmm. So what NFL team? Is it the Browns or the Bengals or somebody different?
12: I'm a lifelong Cincinnati Bengals fan. You are? You can't help where you're born. My dad was Yeah. My dad played golf with um, Pete Johnson. Okay. The running, the fullback there for many, many years. And so it's just Ken Anderson was like... God to me. And then they they drafted Chris Collinsworth, and I wanted to be Chris Collinsworth when I was a kid. I wanted to play wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals, so he was the guy that I looked up to, and I'm like, if Chris can do it, I can do it. (laughs) So, uh, yes, I am a Cincinnati Bengals fan. uh, Was a... Long-time friend of Marvin Lewis's for all of those years. Sad to see him go, but really think they needed uh, a breath of fresh air in there. And I got to know Zach uh, over the last month or so, and I'm really, really happy with what they've done over there. Yeah, Chris
1: Collinsworth, uh, former Gator, by the way, obviously a ton of success now in his announcing career. But you just brought it up. Marvin Lewis, man, he had that job for a long time, and good man.
12: Yeah, really good man. Uh,
1: Now, they finally made the switch, and when they make the switch, they go young.
12: They sure do, yeah.
1: So you like the first impressions of the young guy?
12: And you know what? I, I visited with him. He came out to the Cincinnati show we did a couple weeks ago, and he sat on my bus. And I was really impressed with how he carried himself, what he had to say, what he wants to do with the team. It, it just um, it feels like I could sit in a room and be fired up to go play for that guy. You You're, know what I mean?
1: Yeah. You, are you a fantasy football guy?
12: Uh, 100%. Good at it? Uh, I've won the championship. in my. I've been there 12 years. I've won it twice. So I've got two leagues that I'm in. I've never won it in the other league, but I, I, I'm okay. Yeah. A lot of injuries, you know. It's it's hard to bounce back when you have a ton of injuries. Yeah, absolutely, you know.
1: especially early on. You are on the road a bunch. Do you get to go to NFL games? Do you try to hit different venues?
12: I do. So my management company has a box at the Titans Suite. So we get to we get to go there when, whenever we're off the road. But um, we tour a lot in the fall, so it's kind of it's kind of hard to get to games. Urban Meyer was a buddy of ours, so we used to go to some Ohio State Buckeyes game. Uh, it's hard to get up to Cincinnati because I have two small kids, but I uh, thank God for, uh, you know, T V and the NFL package. <laughs> so uh, I get to watch the Bengals there in Nashville, Tennessee. It's all good.
1: Jay DeMarcus from Rascal Flats with us here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, hanging out at the ROM Celebrity Golf Tournament. You guys, I think, are big golfers. I, I think all yeah. of you are. Mm-hmm. I know you are a big, big one. Um, you've come to Tebow's event Absolutely. right here in Jacksonville, so you're familiar with the area. And I'm sure you've yes, to be good buddies with Tim Tebow as well.
12: Yeah, he's a great guy. I mean, there, there's not a better human being that walks the face of the planet than Tim Tebow. And he's so giving, and he's got such a great heart. And so all of us, I mean, we all play golf. Joe Don is probably, he plays in the AT&T out in Pebble Beach yeah. every February. And he came in second place this year. Wow. I mean, oh. unbelievable. And he's such a stick. But, I'm up and down. I'm inconsistent. I'm a, playing at about a 12 right now, and I can go. I can go shoot 100 with the best of them. So. <laughs> do you and like these events? I love them. I love them. You know, it's always go out. To, it's always great to go out and do something for a good cause and feel good about what you're doing, what you're being a part of. So, and you make you always make new friends. You always make friendships that last a long, long time. So it's always uh, an honor for me to be asked to be a part of something like this. Uh, that's sure.
1: what I was thinking about too. I was like, well. Who would have thought, right, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, you'd be saying, hey, I'm buddies with Urban Meyer and Tim Tebow and, and Marvin Lewis and, and all these guys. It's, it's a wild how they, the industries mix.
12: Yeah, it really is. It's so funny. We talk about it all the time. I, you know, when I was much younger, I used to have more friends that were players, and now that I'm older, I've got more friends that are coaches. It's funny how life happens that way. But we always talked about how our lives paralleled each other, you know. They're only... A few instances in a few different careers where you can really, really um identify with what somebody else goes through, and it's definitely the case with football and sports, and it seems to me like a lot of football players want to be musicians, and a lot of musicians want to be either baseball players or football players, so... It's funny how that happens. Yeah, we were
1: talking to Steve Cropper earlier. We said, everybody wants to play that guitar. Yeah. All those athletes yeah. pick up the guitar. And But, I mean, you do that when you're 14 years old or when you're 24 years old. I know. And you try to do that. Hey, I'm a big country music fan, so a big fan of your stuff and what you, you guys buddy. have accomplished. 1992, this thing all started for you. And you're still going.
12: Yeah. Is that a little yeah.
1: crazy? You've got to hang it up anytime soon, you are still having a blast?
12: You know, I think the day that it stops being fun is the day that we'll have to reassess it and do something else. But right now, we're still having a blast. People are still showing up. And thank God we're still having songs on the radio that are hits. So as long as the fans want us to keep doing it, I think we'll find a, a way to keep going out and doing it. We still love each other, which is rare to find in a band. (laughs) To find a band that still gets along after as many years as we've been together is is probably you'd be Hard-pressed to find, but thank God we still love what we're doing. We still respect each other, and, and we're having a blast.
1: I said that to Mike Mills, actually. We had him on earlier with R.E.M. He mm. said after 39 years, or they stopped in 2011, but it was amicable. Yeah. And I don't think that happens in your business a lot. I think there are breakups no. because of drama and theatrics and whatever else. But, yeah, you know, they're like your brothers now, I bet, right?
12: Yeah, well, Gary's my cousin. We grew up together, so I think that if we ever broke up, our moms would, like, whip our asses. <laughs> You
5: know? so,
1: so there's a responsibility here. Yeah. It's all about mom at the end of the day. A little bit, a little
12: bit, a <laughs> hey, little bit.
1: You guys have always had a unique sound when you when it all started. You were so different, right? Mm-hmm. And I have that. Do you think that's part of your success? Is how different sounding you guys were
12: or yeah. are? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that for us, it was kind of like we wanted to do something different, and if we couldn't do something different, we didn't want to do anything at all. Uh, because, you know, the world already had a George Strait at that point in time. The world already had a Diamond Rio. The world already had, you know, a uh, Tim McGraw. So we wanted to, like, kind of carve our own niche out. And if we couldn't do that, then we didn't want to do it. So we took a chance, and we were ourselves, and we made the music that moved us. We made the music how we wanted to make it, and it leaned a little more pop. And so I, I'm i so grateful that it resonated with people. You know, you take a chance by putting yourself out there, and thank God we had enough people that connected with our music, and we had the kinds of songs that touched people where they were in their lives, uh, and you know, here we are, twenty some odd years later, and it's just been a great, great blessing for all of us.
1: And not to make you feel old, but now you're the inspiration to so many. Yeah, uh, you know, you great think about
12: Chicago song, by the way. <laughs> you're the inspiration. Very good. Hello. Very it.
1: good. You, glad you sang that, and not me. Uh, hey, come on, you can do it. <laughs> uh, the who who is or is there anyone currently? kind of like Rascal Flatts.
12: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We had them on the road with us last summer. Dan and Shay, I think, okay. are very, very, um, uh, gosh. They're doing a lot of the things that we did when we first came in, and it's so wonderful to see the success that they're having. Shay is just a phenomenally gifted singer. He will tell you if he were sitting here that Gary was one of his biggest influences growing up as a vocalist, and so they're very reminiscent of our sound and the things that we were doing when we first came out. And, and it's it's an honor, you know. It's such yeah. a, it's a wonderful thing to have somebody kind of tip their hat to you and go, you guys are a big reason why we do what we do. So, yes, you definitely hear the influences that Gary has had on, on singers and on music and some of the instrumentation, some of the uh, arrangements and things like that. Definitely feel like uh, they've been uh, influenced by us to some degree. I,
1: I feel like uh, I can be a musical moron, by the way, just to admit. Um, people out there listening to our show all the time, they know that. Uh, <laughs> but, but when country music, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at it. Yeah. Uh, but the old stuff, identifying, and then if you ask me to name like a drummer.
7: Okay. Yeah, yeah. Action sports, jacks on ESPN 690. Looks like we may have lost Brent here for just a second. They are broadcasting live. Down uh, in Saint Augustine for the uh, Kevin Rom Celebrity Charity Golf Event. Uh, bring Marcel in here while we uh, try to get Brent back for just a second. Uh, hopefully we can get him back before we have to go to break here. Uh, Marcel, I guess, uh, give us a little more information on uh, you know the the one-on-one interview that you had from today.
3: Oh, uh, with Jared Wilson, yeah. yes. I was. Uh, it's funny because, th- like Brent said, it's one of those. Things where you don't really know um, what you're going to get from them only, simply because
7: we've only seen them in spells. Okay, well, uh, here we go. I think we got Brent. You there? Hey, I got you, Coos.
1: You hey, got me? Yep, you're good. You're back. All right. Sorry about that. Uh, we lost you for a second. Hey, that's the first time today we uh, we lost you. Jay DeMarcus uh, from Rascal Flats with us. We're wrapping up with him at the Rom Celebrity, uh, Celebrity Golf Tournament here at World Golf Village. Uh, is your golf game in good
12: shape? You know what? It's pretty good right now. The last couple of times I've played, uh, not been bad. Not been bad at all. But we'll see. I hate to say that. I'm going to knock on any wood I can find, but we'll see tomorrow.
1: There's a jam session tonight. Yeah. How much do you look forward to playing with these guys, and what <laughs> will you play? What, what, what yeah. will that be like? What's a jam session that people can come to, actually, for 100 bucks goes to St. Jude Research Hospital? Huh? Man, it's,
12: it's incredible. It's like a big homecoming for all of these great musicians and artists that you don't get to see all year long, and you come together for a couple of times a year and catch up on everybody's lives and career and everything, and jamming with some of the best singers and musicians on the planet and I'll do a few uh, Rascal Flatts songs tonight I won't sing them like Gary does but I'll, I'll sing them the best I can and uh, we're just going to have a good time man it's going to be phenomenal
1: that's pretty awesome uh, one last question for you yes sir music changes 92 to 2019 have you guys changed have you changed what you've produced yeah how would you characterize
12: it well i think you have to change and evolve with the times you know if you don't you're going to get left behind so i think the songwriting changes your life experience changes you have kids and your perspective on life changes so i think it all finds its way into your art and for us we just try to make music that moves us we've never been calculated about it we've never chased trends we've always been ourselves and uh I love where music is at right now. I love that there's a new crop of young people coming up behind us and lighting the world on fire. It's awesome. But... We're going to continue to do what we do as flats and be ourselves. And uh, so far, it's worked out pretty well for yeah, us.
1: Sure as You guys have been awesome. Keep up the good work. Thank have you. fun out here today. Uh, appreciate you being in St. Augustine it, to raise money for St. Jude's Research Hospital. And uh, Jags and Bengals do play this year.
12: They do. <laughs> yeah, I'm we'll torn. we happens.
1: <laughs> nah, you can stick to <laughs> Bengals. That's all right. Down here, they'll stick <laughs> to the you. Jags. We'll see if they get the win. Jay DeMarcus yeah. from Rascal Flats. We'll be back on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 right after this. Hey, hopefully you're watching the video feeds on Action Sports Jacks channel on YouTube or on Facebook, ESPN six ninety, Twitch, ESPN six ninety, Jacks, and on Twitter at Brent AS Jacks, which also funnels right into Periscope. And if you have, you've seen Kevin Rom, actor, Jay Demarcus just stopped by from Rascal Flats, Mike Mills from REM, Rob Riggle, uh, comedian, actor. Fox NFL Sundays, Steve Cropper, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. They all stopped by on the show. We also heard from Brian Dawkins who called in and Marcel Robinson has been jumping in from time to time as well. So we've had to kind of uh, jump back and forth between some topics. We started talking about Jared Wilson, his role for the Jaguars in their secondary and then Jay DeMarcus from Rascal Flat stopped by. So we interrupted that part of the conversation for good reason. That was pretty cool, uh, Jay stopping by. At Rascal Flat, still getting after it 27 years uh, in to their country career. Uh, Marcel, let's go back to you, though, so we can set up one more time your conversation with uh, Jared Wilson. How important is it that he plays well? Tayshawn Gibson was a borderline pro bowler with the Jags. He is a former pro bowler. He was a big-money guy. Now you're replacing him with someone that's very unproven.
3: Uh, I think you said it best. It's going to be critical. I think that uh, for the Jaguars to be successful on defense every Want every member of that defense has to be successful. I mean, we saw uh, Gibson last year. He was kind of uh, nicknamed the tight end stopper every time they were, well, not necessarily not last year, but he was kind of the guy that usually picked up those tight ends, which has been one thing that the Jaguars have been known for being very weak at covering tight ends, and it's going to be critically important for jared wilson to get in there and play well i think the good thing about and you'll hear this later in the interview is that with him being here for such a long time he's pretty much you know had time to perfect the system uh, as much as he can and, and i think that's going to be uh, he's going to be tested and he's going to have to prove that he can uh handle the pressure
1: well, before uh, someone else stops by and, and we and we have to interrupt, let's get to it right now. Marcel Robinson catching up this afternoon with Jaguars free safety Jared Wilson.
10: Um, it's been pretty good. Uh, just learning every day. Feel good to just get back out here and uh, get to moving around football-wise. You know, during the offseason, it's a lot of training. It's not necessarily football-specific um, like that or anything.
3: Now you kind of just alluded to a little bit. Like it's not exactly like you're not really doing anything heavy from a football, you know, install standpoint, but uh, coach Marone and all the other coaches and all the players always, always say that OTAs, you just want to kind of come out here and just kind of get a feel for everybody, get comfortable with chemistry and just make sure that you know
10: fundamentally you're doing everything right. Is that kind of the approach that you take? Yeah. Um, new year, new team, so it's new guys. You got to get adjusted to them and just it's good to get out on the field with them and just get to the basics. Right now, it's just trying to work on those fundamentals. And those fundamentals should carry over into the season and that as the season progresses, like you're going, me personally, like I like to like look back at these times because it's like we're ingrained that behavior that I had like on the field. Now, from a progression standpoint, you're a guy that's been here for a little while, and your role has increasingly
3: changed uh, coming into this OTA period, and it seems that you're kind of penciled in at that strong safety spot, a spot that you, at the end of last year, you kind of got a little bit of time to dive in, um, and the team chose that after, you know, Gipp and Church, you know, on the way out, that you were the replacement. How does that make you feel
10: to know that the team chose you rather than going to look for, you know, someone else to fill that void? feels great. I mean, I can't lie about it, but at the same time, man, nothing, nothing's given. So it's still like, um, I'm still coming out here every day with the same mindset. I got to earn my job. Your defensive coordinator, Todd Wash, very
3: complimentary about you and Ronnie as well, but specifically you saying that you, know, you want guys to come out here, put their athleticism on display, and just make sure they execute everything above the neck. And he singled out you specifically saying that you're one of those guys that have done that. Now, how do you stack those up, and how does that make you feel to know
10: that you know, the guys that are watching you are liking what they're seeing? Just uh, studying football. Been in the scheme for four years, man, so I'm happy that they see that, but as well, like I know the the time and the effort I've put in to learn this defense as a whole and then, so that just transfers onto the field of making less mistakes. You know what I mean? I've been through the process. It's still a more, it's still uh, like a working process, but I've been through the process and like, just being in the scheme and knowing the defense better than I have ever have is just Help me easily come out here and just make different checks, make different calls, see why he's calling things now. So uh, very pleased that he said that, but it's still just a work in progress, and I understand like the role I'm put in as well, you know. One of the older guys in the room now, so I'm just gonna treat it as such. You know, I can just step up and be a leader. You know, you new quarterback Nick Foles. A lot of the defenders have saying that practice is kind of
3: amped up a little bit just because of what he brings to the table. What have you seen from Nick Foles from an offensive perspective that
10: helps the defense get better? Man, uh, great quarterback. I like I like his progression. I like how, I like his reads. I see where he's going with the ball, but it's tough. You know, what I mean, he's a very accurate quarterback. Not to take anything away from my boy BB5 Blake. But, um, definitely he just, he just has that persona about him too, man. He's definitely like, main thing. like we've been doing Bible study together, so he's definitely a man of God. So that's where it starts with me. So just developing that relationship with him and, uh, seeing how he comes out here and like takes a field and go to work. It's been real special. And I'm pleased, like, that's my quarterback. How surprised were you all for him to be back so soon considering everything he's gone through? Uh, man, a tough situation, uh can't never say you'll put yourself in those shoes because you can't understand that um, i know one thing like i said he's a man of god and he's gonna trust the process and understand that like god puts anybody through the toughest trials and everything but i know he'll just persevere through that and just praying for his family i've talked to him as well just happy to see him back out here even though his the circumstances but uh definitely just praying for his family man that's a big that's a big loss for him right there
1: Good stuff with Jared Wilson, Marcel Robinson catching up with the Jaguars' free safety. And, uh, boy, there's a lot to digest there, Marcel. Nice interview. And i got to be honest with you. I know a lot of the Jaguars. <laughs> and I know a lot of the players, at least from an in-the-locker-room standpoint. You know, I'm, I'm not name-dropping here. I'm just saying I, you interview a lot of them over the years. You get to know them. I have not spent a lot of time around Jared Wilson. Uh, I, I really haven't. So uh, that was a good feel for him um, and what he's all about. And I think it's a cool story developing if this guy can play the free stadium. It's been overlooked, but I think it's a great story developing with Jared Wilson because, like you said earlier, he's been around since 2016, which means he's been in this system, which has been pretty consistent on the defensive side. He knows the defense, and you might be looking at a guy who's homegrown that can fill that role and maybe a guy that this regime and coaching staff should get a lot of credit for developing especially if he plays well
3: yeah for sure i mean it's definitely kind of one of those starter from the bottom now we're here type type of fields i mean typically when we bring in guys that are are typically special teams guys especially undrafted free agents not many of them are ever anything more than you know special team guys and i think for him to kind of Take on the challenge of, and not giving up, and, and knowing what he's capable of and what he wants to do and what his dream to be is, um, is a credit to his hard work. And and even before and after the interview, we kind of chopped it up with him, and he's he's really into his preparation. It's kind of one of those things where he's really trying to hone his craft because he knows, you know, where he's come from, and and it could be just as taken away from you just as easy as it was given to you. So he he comes out literally every single day as if he has to fight for his job.
1: Yeah, great perspective too. Really, if you think about when you asked about the quarterbacks, and I like what he said about Nick Foles. He added a little something on the field stuff, the progressions, right, mm-hmm. and, and how he's throwing the football fo- football and how he sees things. And I think he, I thought it was cool that he also added. Listen, now, this isn't a knock on, on Blake Bortles, but you can see a difference. And uh, I thought that part was pretty cool. I, that was a different. We we've had the perspective on Nick Foles a lot that. These guys know, think he 's a great leader he 's really adapted well it 's great first impression. We have seen less of his uh, some analysis of him on the field from players and I thought Jared Wilson, just with that little uh, nugget there, was pretty good about what he 's been doing on the football field, how these guys are reacting to it. I think Greg Swain, when we talked to him too, said something about that and about you know how he throws a catchable football. That was a discussion in the last week or so but it 's good to get the football analysis from the teammates. On Nick Foles and what we expect to see outside of all the intangibles and Nick Foles appears to have that part covered. Speaking of uh, Nick Foles did talk today after practice a big story all week really around the NFL this wasn't just a Jacksonville story Nick Foles and his wife uh, went through a pretty traumatic experience uh, and this last weekend. He missed OTAs on Tuesday. Uh, he was back on Thursday back again today and emotional at the podium talking about what his family just
6: endured yeah, I mean she's way stronger than I'll ever be. Um, you know she she's gone through so much, and people don't realize it. And you know, you know since 2013, you know she was a athlete in college, working at working at Nike out of school, and then one day her life changed, and you know she was diagnosed with you know dysautonomia, and she was bedridden, hospitals. You know she battles that every single day. And then obviously the, you know, we've gone through so much these last these last couple of years, and you know, we're going through this now. But she's so strong, she's unbelievable. I mean, the other day, she want, you know, she had something on her heart that you know the spirit had given to her to say, and she wanted to know if I, she, if I want her to wait till I had a press conference. Said, no, that's what you know you feel is on your heart. You say it, and that's why she posted what she did, um, because you know she's an amazing writer. She's always from the heart, and she's always going to be joyful. It's never going to be, you know, poor me or anything because she's never that way. She goes through something every day with the chronic illness. And, you know, right now she's, you know, continuing to, you know, do what she can. She probably moves around too much right now. Um, and I know she's going through so many emotions, but that's something we get to go through. And, you know, in our relationship, in our marriage, it, you know, allows us to grow closer and closer together.
1: That's Nick Foles uh, talking about his wife, Tori, and... and uh, uh the hardship they endured as a family uh, this past weekend caused him to miss practice earlier this week, but now he's back and uh, with the blessing of his wife. Uh, Marcel Robinson, back in studio, was out at OTAs today. Uh, we've talked a lot about Nick Foles. This is an interesting topic we didn't think we'd have to talk about, but uh, it's been um, a lot to digest on the new Jaguars quarterback over these first couple of months. How about OTAs today? Uh, yesterday on the field, Foles threw a couple of interceptions in the red zone. Uh, again, that's not to say I'll hit the panic button it's just an observation Uh, how did he look today how did the rest of the football team look out there today Marcel
3: I think for the most part he looked okay I mean I don't I don't think we had like uh, any of those kind of outstanding you know oh my gosh throw your hands up in the air type of plays um, from him today but I I think it was I guess manageable is probably the wrong term but for lack of a better term I think it, it was a good day for the most part, I mean, we didn't have any necessarily bad plays or any things that kind of you know make you wonder what's going on. Um, as far as the rest of the team, um, I mean, it was kind of hard to gauge today. To be completely honest with you, I don't know if it it was a lighter day because it was Friday, but even during the team periods, I mean, we had you know a lot of you know completions and execution seemed to be on point. Um, I don't really think we had anything that really stood out except for maybe. Um, I want to say Nick Foles kind of looked off one of the safeties and hit Keelan Cole on a pretty nice kind of deep touchdown catch. But then again, of course, it was you know kind of the seven-on-seven seven drill. So, um,
1: Well, hey, there you go. You just summed up OTAs for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, whatever, right? I mean, yeah. it's kind of whatever. I thought you know who was great on OTAs yesterday? It was Todd Wash. Mm-hmm. Todd Wash mm-hmm. just like kept going back to, yeah, once we get out of our underwear, once we get out of gym practice, once we will find out if they can really play football, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, it just shows you like Todd Wash says it how it is and it shows you that they well, while it's good to be have the team around, while it's good to implement some things, while it's good to Get hardened because of all the heat. Uh, you know, name your whatever. Uh, Wash said, you know, we ain't winning games and we ain't losing games out here right now. And uh, I, I think they know it too. So that's why we even have it in these first couple of weeks of OTAs gotten carried away with too many observations and too many judgments. Uh, I, I think after two weeks, Marcel, probably the best judgment and, oh, I can't wait to see this in August if this – holds up, or what kind of player is he when it matters, I think it's probably Josh Oliver. I think people are pretty impressed with him, and if you, if you read into what people are saying about Josh Oliver from the teammates and coaches standpoint, I think they're pretty impressed with the first impression of the tight end out of San Jose State. He'd probably be the one guy right now that I'm like, oh, and Chris Conley, I think, to a degree, too, but Chris Conley's a veteran. You know he's been through it before. But I think Josh Oliver, to me, might be my, hey, I can't wait to see if this guy does have something in August and maybe early September.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and to be completely honest with you, outside of, you know, the obvious new Leonard Fournette and Nick Foles, I think of all all the new guys that we've got coming in here, I think Josh Oliver is probably going to be one of the most watched and most critiqued guys that we have coming in just because of how much pressure is on that tight end position. I mean, even Doug Brown today, he kind of singled him out today as a pass catcher and he kind of, he, you know, was very complimentary of of it, but he kind of says he's going to be the guy that uh, once training camp comes, he really wants to see where his progression is at. And I think because of all the emphasis we put on Nick Foles and how he loves his tight ends and how we haven't really had a, a, you know, really great pass catching tight end in I mean, name it (laughs) long time. I I think it's going to be, like you said, he's he's probably the more interesting person to watch and for me he's probably the most interesting person for me because I feel like with Nick Foles we don't know what we're gonna we don't know what we're gonna get because obviously new team new scheme and all that but we kind of are expecting to get like we have an expectation of what we're gonna get from Nick Foles with Josh Oliver one not many people know who he is because he played out in San Jose State and I think coming in he's probably the one that has the most intrigue as to how good he can really be
1: yeah on the offensive end of things uh, I think you might be right you know defensively yesterday we talked about The uh, linebackers, and I kind of pose that question of, I think the linebackers might be the most um, interesting position, even in the NFL. If you consider what happened with Telvin Smith and Miles Jack saying, I'm not moving, and what they've brought in, and the, the parade of linebackers they signed. Well, on the offensive end for the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know people might say offensive line. I don't. People might say Nick Foles. I don't. I think receivers is interesting to see who emerges, but I'm not really super confident that anybody's going to all of a sudden be like this number one wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And But the tight ends is a room that I'm pretty interested in because the tight ends are John Filippo and Nick Foles' specialty. Right. So that's what has me intrigued about that group. And I know I left out running back, but I think we know if Leonard Fournette's healthy, what we could get out of uh, number 27. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're going to take a timeout. Marcel, thanks for hanging with us uh, here today and, and your patience as well as we went in and out of uh, some interviews. Uh, this weekend, Action Sports Prime Primetime, we have a lot more Jags coverage, right?
3: Yes, we do. Jags, Jags, Jags.
1: All right, 10.30 on Fox 30, 11.30 on CBS 47. Stuart Weber, Marcel Robinson tomorrow night. Uh, some of the interviews and everything we gathered and more. Uh, from Jags OTAs this week. When we come back, we put a bow on the show. I don't even think Coos ever did his balling or fallen, so we got to get to that. And uh, an update on the Creekside Knights. I've got some good news, if you're a local baseball fan, coming up next on ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back to Action Sports. Jack's on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau down in... St. Augustine at the World Golf Village and uh, hanging out. We'll give you a Creekside update on their Final Four game down in Fort Myers in just a moment. Uh, Hang with us on the camera side of things. This camera's been acting up on me today, but I just have to keep, uh, well, hitting it. We're at the ROM Celebrity Golf Tournament, and we have been joined by a bunch of guests and just had another one stop by. We didn't... I didn't have to chase you down. Instead, Ben Reed said, "Hey, I'm Ben Reed. I was supposed to stop by. Not too many guys do that. Well, we have to. We, we I take good direction. You take good direction. We yeah. love when uh, when when you remember us. So thanks for stopping by. Actually, Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 uh, Sports Radio in Jacksonville. You have a Virginia lacrosse.
13: Yes, shirt on. I do. My uh, son's a big lacrosse guy. Uh, I'm from San Diego. I live in San Diego now. Okay. All my work and everything is up in L.A. But uh, my whole family and my five kids are all down in San Diego. So he uh, started lacrosse a couple years ago, and we just become big fans of it. So. So,
1: uh, San Diego, by the way, is like the West is a Jacksonville of the West Coast.
13: Correct. It's exactly what it is. When we think of San Diego, we also think of Jacksonville <laughs> in the same breath.
1: <laughs> I know. Listen, San Diego doesn't have a comp probably, but there are a lot of similarities.
13: There are a lot of similarities. I just went down into St. Augustine. Um, Today and we walked around and everything. What a cute little town that is! It's cool. So many little uh, shops and bars and and uh, did this little. Uh, I won't call it bar hopping, but that's what we did. Yeah, we, we did could, some bar hopping.
1: You showed me at St. Augustine Distillery. So I have some St.
13: Augustine Distillery whiskey uh, that was pretty good. There was a there was a drink I had in a restaurant called the Ice.
1: Oh, uh, uh, what plant. is that down there, Coos? Ice plant. Yeah.
13: Ice plant. At the ice plant, and the drink was called Guns N' Roses. <laughs> so, you know, I felt like a little Axl Rose uh, drinking some Guns and Roses. It Pretty was very cool. good.
1: I have to drop a little knowledge on you for Virginia lacrosse. Okay. And, and now, it's been a while. Right. So I'm not sure if he's still there even, and it probably doesn't make sense that he would. Dom starzio Lasagna.
13: You know, it's doesn't, I don't know who that is, but he sounds, uh, he used
1: to be the coach there.
13: Okay, he sounds like he would taste yummy,
1: (laughs) (laughs) but I, he brought Virginia LaCrosse. He was, uh, he was the coach there for a long time. The reason I didn't know if he still was, so apparently he's not, he's probably not. Um, but I actually grew up like a few houses down from their family, okay. But he was, look, that was, I mean, 25 years ago, yeah, lacrosse wasn't nearly as big as it is. now. No, no,
13: I, that's, you know, I never, I grew up, look, I grew up in Oklahoma. And then uh, I got a football scholarship. I played quarterback at West Virginia University. Yes, you did. And um, lacrosse wasn't even in a, a, a thought when I was growing up. Um, we didn't even have soccer in Oklahoma at the time, so that's how far back we were. And um, I don't know if they still have soccer in Oklahoma now. <laughs> I mean, I'm kidding. <laughs> yes, but it's, it's I got introduced to the lacrosse this year, and just the, the whole aspect of the hand eye cordon skill level that you have to play lacrosse. Yeah. And I don't know, it's just a, it's a great sport.
1: I always say too, I think from football and if you conser- there's a lot of concern nowadays with concussions. And yeah, absolutely. Fast-paced lacrosse, you know when it's going to end. It's not as violent And you can get point.
13: a concussion, but absolutely. I mean, I know at least s- 7 times that I was freaking knocked out and I had concussions. Now back then they call them dingers. Oh, you got a dinger. Well, you know, I didn't know who I was for two days, so that was a pretty big dinger. That's
1: a pretty big dinger. Yeah. Uh, Who do you play under at West Virginia?
13: Uh, Don Nealon. Nealon. And he's in the uh, College Hall of Fame. And just uh, um, here's how I like to place myself I was the quarterback right before Major Harris. Yes. Who took them to the uh, uh, national championship final game uh, against Notre Dame the year after that I left. Uh, So I always like to say that I taught Major everything he (laughs) knows. How'd you get out of Oklahoma? Um, I was quarterbacking there, and I was almost going to go to Oklahoma State, and then I took my college visits, and I just really liked the opportunity that I was going to have and thought I was going to have at West Virginia University. Um, it broke my parents' heart because Oklahoma State was 40 minutes from my house. Yeah, wow. And, um, I, you know, as as a young person, you got to make a choice. I'm so glad I did it. I have the greatest friends and that I still talk to 20, 25 guys that I play ball with. And just the family-oriented. I still talk to Coach Nealon. And, you know, he's been retired for 15, 20 years.
1: Uh, Ben Reed with us uh, from American Sniper. Used to be throwing passes on the West Virginia football field.
13: Little pigskin.
1: And how do you go from West Virginia quarterback to American Sniper star?
13: So, growing up, I always wanted to be in the uh, theater, and I wanted to be an actor. But you know, I grew up in Oklahoma. So, what do you do in Oklahoma? You play football. Practices and theater were all at the same time. You know, so I couldn't do plays in school. And one, I got injured, in, when I was at West Virginia University, and I messed my shoulder up, so I was not going to go play pro ball. I tried out for a few teams, and it just didn't have it anymore. And I did everything. I got my degree. You know, I went as far as I could in football, and I decided that I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And I loaded up my car. I went home for uh, a week back to Oklahoma and said hello and goodbye to all my parents and drove out to Los Angeles and went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Wow. And um, um, I never looked back. It's something I wanted to do. At the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, you do a little bit of everything, uh, besides acting, you sing, you dance, you do everything. And once I did that for <laughs> about six weeks, I went to my acting coach and I went, "Stephanie, I don't want to sing, I don't want to dance, I want to act." And she's like, "I get you. All right, you don't want to do a two-year program here. Here's an acting coach. Go to him, and you're on your way." And I never looked back. So.
1: Were you pretty natural at it, or did it take? Oh no, 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 no.
13: I I'm kind of shy, uh, in real life. And that's why the acting classes and all that, I tell young people all the time, because everybody and their dog will send their kids or a relative or something to me, well, let's call Ben. You know, he, he, he yeah, did yeah. it. So, and I just tell him, I said, look, you need to study. There are a couple naturals. I mean, you know, because they started early. But you need to study and get comfortable and, and being able to uh, be in character in front of others. I mean, it's it's... You know, do an American Sniper. So I'm sitting in an American Sniper. Um, Clint Eastwood, you know, he before this the one scene where the, the I give the sheepdog speech, he's like, I just want you to know that this scene sets the tone for the entire movie. And I'm like, oh, that's a lot of responsibility. Hit the dump button, Coos. Yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> Um, you know, and he's and when he's right, he's from me to you, and I'm doing all the scenes and stuff. He's sitting right there, and and I'm thinking, you know, in the back of your mind, you're still in character, you're doing your scenes and everything, but in my mind, I'm thinking Clint Eastwood is right three feet (laughs) from me, saying, "All right, go." So it was kind of cool. I was gonna say that's hard to no, not think no.
1: about that. Oh no, no, I would imagine. But cool. hey, that's the two-minute offense as yeah, a quarterback. Yeah.
13: Absolutely. Say that rush. Yeah. No, no, it totally was a rush. <laughs> I bet it was. So good. How this, fun. So American so fun. And I mean, American you looked apart, by
1: the way. You look like you just hit the weight room and came and, off the football field.
13: And it was it was great because it did so well, and and Bradley Cooper was great. Um, and obviously he did. Crazy, crazy, great job at the uh, part. We went to the we went to the Oscars and we we're at the Vanity Fair party, and because um, when you're on the set and stuff, you're kind of in character all the time. And you know, we're we're from being from Texas and all that, and um, so we go to Oscars and then I see him at the Vanity Fair party. I see his back to me and I said, "Is that my son?" And he turns around and he said, do we know how to make a movie or what? <laughs> yeah. And I said, absolutely. Good for you. Yeah.
1: Congratulations on the success of that. Thank how you. about the run Oklahoma has had a quarterback? Oh. Unbelievable, oh. huh? It's amazing. You've college football fan? I would,
13: yeah, I am. I would feel like if I was the next quarterback coming up, I would feel a little pressure. A pressure
1: there. Absolutely. Uh, Lincoln Riley will get it done most likely. Yeah. Right. What, who are you a fan of? I mean, Obvi- West obviously West
13: Virginia. And that's going to be interesting this year because we have a new coach, um, and yeah, he new quarterback. Obviously,
1: left uh, right in the almost over midnight it looked like. Right.
13: Yeah. Um. So, obviously West Virginia. Now that I I'm based in San Diego, I love you know my local SDSU. Um. And I, I'm a fan of Oklahoma State. Um, NFL. NFL. Uh, I the Chargers. I'm still even though the Chargers went to LA, I'm still a fan of the Chargers. Are you? Um, just because I love Rivers. I yeah. mean, that guy's a gamer. Tough guy not a to like. Gamer. Lie. He's so much fun to watch. He gives it all, and, you know, he freaking has six kids. So you, can... <laughs> I have five I he's kids. he's up to eight. I have... Oh, is he? <laughs> I think so. Oh, my God. I have five kids, and, uh, and I'm going, oh, my God, how does he do that? Yeah. I mean, I know that I can handle my five, but they're all kind of grown up now. His six or eight kids are between uh, one and, like, Thirteen or fourteen. It's unbelievable.
1: It's crazy. I know he's got like a whole. I don't know. It's time for team. football. <laughs> he's got a great wife.
13: Right? Yes, he does.
1: <laughs> no doubt about that. Absolutely. Ben Reed from American Sniper. Thanks for stopping uh, by, man. You're we welcome. appreciate you doing that. Have fun at the Rom Celebrity Golf Tournament. I will. Looking uh, forward to it. The rest of the weekend, and welcome to St. Augustine. Thank you. You know, the other San Diego.
13: Yes, the other San Diego.
1: (laughs) Hey, that's going to do it for a a Friday edition. What a fun show this has been here down at the ROM Celebrity Golf Tournament. Coos, thanks for uh, battling here with us and hanging out uh, on a Friday afternoon. Kevin ROM, Jay DeMarcus from Rascal Flats, Mike Mills from REM, Rob Riggle, Steve Cropper from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, of course, and... Ben Reed from American Sniper all stopping by here on a Friday. What a fun time. Everything for St. Jude's Research Hospital. $100 tonight for a jam session. Still can get tickets to that. 7.30 it starts and then golf all weekend long. This is the first of many of the ROM Celebrity Golf Tournament events. So it's going to be a big deal here in the Jacksonville area for years to come. Hope everybody enjoys the weekend. Check out CBS 47 and Fox 30 all weekend long. And we will be back with you on Monday. It'll be our 100th show on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, and we're giving away $100 gift cards all week long. So make sure you check out and listen to the show. Thanks to Coons, Marcel Robinson, and for a vacationing Austin Lane. I'm Brett Martino. Have a good weekend, everybody. Hey, Austin, next week we are 100. 131. Well, no, no, we are 100 shows old here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brett Martin, Austin Lane, 3 to 6, Monday through Friday. Well, we might as well celebrate. But 100 in radio speak is like being in diapers, so not much to celebrate, right? Buy diapers if you want. $100 gift cards next week. We'll give them away. Action Sports jacks 3 to
0: 6 on ESPN 690.